Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Danny Crow, a fellow member of Squall and fellow member of the Chicago comedy community. Uh, and that's precisely what he wanted to talk to me about. Um, Danny's moving soon, and when I asked him to do the podcast, it was partially because I was kind of, uh, felt silly for never having specifically asked him before, and partially because he is moving, and I I won't get to see him as much to get as good of an opportunity to do it, um, but mostly because he is a very good friend of mine, and just absolutely one of the best people you could host, hope to ever meet, uh, he, I, and I think that really comes through here. He's just absolutely warm and giving and selfless. And, uh, I, I think that his family background has a lot to do with that. I think that his, uh, his journey to finding, um, this improv community has a lot to do with that. Cause he worked a lot of jobs that, uh, he, you know, was really, um, unhappy in, uh, even if, whether he knew it or not at the time, uh, and now he just feels like he got this, uh, total second chance, um, or third chance or fourth chance or however you want to look at it. So he sees no reason to do anything but be thankful. And, uh, I always really appreciate people like that. Um, Danny is so endlessly enthusiastic and warm and uh and passionate about this that i i think a lot of people including myself kind of see him as a mascot uh in the best way but he's just like he's your mascot your cheerleader your hype man uh he's just he's he's one of the best dudes and uh, and like i said i think that really comes out here um he talks a lot about his own personal journey uh, to finding the improv community in the first place. And then in, within the community, a lot of ups and downs in talking to him a little bit after the recording. Um, I think there were some things that he kind of held back on just cause he didn't want to, um, give the impression that he was, uh, full of himself or anything like that. And I kind of pushed the idea, uh, partially because I think there is a certain amount of ego involved in being a performer in the first place. And second of all, because I just don't think it would have come off that way. He, he's just, man, he, he was at times a little too humble for his own good. Um, and I, I kind of had to put him in his place, but this was a lot of fun. Um, just to give you a little snapshot, uh, of Danny for those inside the the Chicago improv community, I think this will be a really fun journey to hear his story of the last six and a half years and, you know, the few years before that that led him here. Um, and for those outside of the Chicago community, uh, I think this is a really good snapshot of, of people's experiences. Granted, um, Danny's are mostly very positive and uh i had to point out specifically at one point that it was 
partially because of what he was bringing to the community. But I also think that's telling. I, I think a lot of what we do here is uh, is the the mantra, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. Maybe that is a, uh, a fortunate way of looking at it and a, a more positive way of looking at it than some other people have had experiences here. But um, from my perspective anyway, if you work hard and you're kind, um, you'll get some opportunities. Uh, they may not be exactly the ones that you want, but you'll, you'll get to play somewhere. Um, so, with all that said, enjoy this. Uh, I'm really going to miss that guy. Got one more big going away dinner with us and with Squall, so I will savor that time with him. Um, but after the end of the month, he'll be NYC bound. And he talks about that a little bit too, because I forced him to. <laughs> um, Anyway, I spent a long time talking about Danny, but it's hard not to talk about Danny. You know, he's just one of those people. He just really lights up a room. Uh, speaking of rooms, I've got some that you want to be in coming up soon. Uh, this Friday and next Friday, and this Sunday and next Sunday at the Annoyance Theater, we're having, I am a part of the Annoyance Christmas Pageant. It features live action versions of Charlie Brown Christmas and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The scripts are taken literally from those Christmas specials, so if you have any nostalgia for either of those, I'd suggest you come check it out. It's a lot of fun. And after the holidays, we'll have Sketchfest, which will be in uh, like mid-January. The Nerdlog show specifically is on January 10th at 11 p.m. in the Pro at Stage 773, um, but I would recommend going to as many shows there as you can um, it, it's, it's really a crazy, wonderful experience in the Chicago community, really representative of a lot of the things that Danny talks about in this episode. Uh, the Nerdalogs are working diligently on our show now because we want it to be super good and because we'll take a break over the holidays and because uh, it's a little different than some other stuff we've done. We're incorporating um, some things that we haven't before and uh, trying to, you know, make a statement of sorts, uh, which probably makes it sound terrible, but I promise it's really cool you come check it out. I'm excited for it already, and it's pretty much a month away. Um, anywho, enjoy this episode. Uh, enjoy Danny Grow. Uh, and uh, if you know him, um, or if you don't, and you just see him around in Chicago, just give him a hug. Tell him good luck in New York. Um, because he'll be grateful for both of those things. Here's Danny. Yeah, I have the pictures of me when I was big. I had, like, cupcakes in my face. <laughs> like, brownies and stuff. <laughs> like, just mowing down on, like, sweet treats. Now you're just... Now I can't eat sweet Eat pounds treats. of hummus. <laughs> yeah, and those hummus sweet treats. and... What is it? Like, hummus, kale, and... Kale is my new candy corn. Really? <laughs> no, it's, oh. it sounded funny. Have you had head. kale chips? I have had kale chips. I think chips. they're good. Yeah. Steph and I make them from time to time. Yeah. I like all that. I mean, it's all really good. Like, you just have to, like, train your brain to, like, react to 
like what normal food should be tasting like. Yeah, you yes, know, like, that's so true. Yeah. You really have to like deactivate yeah. your <laughs> deactivate the American like yeah. uh, force fed like food that everybody preservatives eats. and yeah. sweets and carbs like just bleached white carbs. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like if once you start like ripping all of it apart uh uh-huh. and like you eat like a hamburger or you eat like a piece of meat or something uh-huh. without any like without any mayonnaise or ketchup or mustard or anything uh-huh. like that. Now mustard isn't that bad because yeah, it doesn't yeah, have yeah. any calories, but I stripped all of it out at first. Uh-huh. Meats tasted way better. Yeah. And they tend to be even better without all that stuff. Uh-huh. You know, and like now like the other day I accidentally like I was like I accidentally had some mayonnaise and I got so, I was like Oh, it's it, like, so nauseated. gross. Really? Yeah, and I was like, that is a good sign. Yeah, I don't really eat... I mean, I don't really eat that much mayonnaise. I used to... I used to eat a ton of it. I used to always put it on Sammy's. Yeah. I've never really had a problem with it, but it's not something I would, like, choose to put on a sandwich now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm much more of a mustard person, though. I like mustard. Uh, I always like mustard. And it's nice that it's also, like you said... A little better for you. Yeah. <laughs> it has a nice little flavor. Mm-hmm. It's good. Love a good honey mus. <laughs> <laughs> coming from the honey bees. I'm coming from the honey bees yeah. and the honey trees. The honey trees, honey bees. <laughs> put you on your knees. Make you feel like, woohoo. Gonna please. Gonna tease. Oh, <laughs> yes. This is everything I wanted it to be already. Uh, my guest today is Danny Girl. Oh. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Oh my I'm good, god, dude. She just transitioned. That's like, wow, that was pro stuff. You Thanks, know? man. Oh I mean, god. now we're having a conversation about it, so it kind of subtracts from like, matter. How, how like swiftly and not to me. That, like, I need to acknowledge that because that was cool. Oh, as hell. That, yeah. that's sweet. I've been doing this for a while, Danny. <laughs> I know. I see all your posts. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everyone on Squall has done it. Oh, you never asked me. I know. I, I realized when I asked you, I think I even said, I can't believe I've never asked you before this. Yeah, well, you were holding on to it. Well, I think most of the people who had done it already were people who talked to me about it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not like I'm just, like, going around on teams that I'm on, like, cherry-picking the people I want to do it. Like, <laughs> no, I I, if I, that. like, I, yeah, I more try to... See, gauge someone else's interest in wanting to do it, yeah. which is maybe like a fault of mine. I maybe I should know. be like asking people more, but I, and don't I do. Think so. It's great. But something about it is nice for people. If someone asks me, then I know they genuinely are interested and want to do it. Yeah. So I have a hard time asking. I would have yeah. A, I, for me, it would be. A I know yeah. I would too if the you know yeah. if the tables were turned. But so like I totally understand that, and yeah. then I feel like people, a lot of people, when they ask, are very like, "Hey, it's totally cool if you don't want yeah. it, but, it, but like I just so thought I would tell you, you know, it's just this fucking double edged hey, sword." MB man, <laughs> can I get up on this podcast? <laughs> I want to be heard and listened to. <laughs> I want those ears to be cheerful and blissful, with my voice and yours. I well, I think all the ears are going to be cheerful. And oh blissful really? With your voice and mine. <laughs> On this one today, yeah. Danny is going Danny. to talk to me about his love of everything, the, sh- yeah. everything. <laughs> the Chicago improv community. Sure, yeah, that's I, what you told me you wanted to. Talk I know, about. I'm teasing you. 
God, you're so... For a guy who purports to yeah. be this big love fest, which you are, yeah. you sure do love to yank on those... You, what did you say on the phone? On, on your remember. way here, you're like, I said, hey, quit yanking my chain. And you're like, quit right. leaving it out there. So like that. <laughs> yeah, I said, you better tighten it then. Oh, yeah, you better yeah. tighten it. Yeah, it's just, that's the same thing. Yeah. No, like, I think when it comes to, like, teasing is one of the things that I, like... I always, always teased a lot when I was a kid by my family, and that was, like, always, oh, like, the way they were, like, they showed that they loved you so much. You got so much attention. Yeah. Where they're, like, it was their way of, like, saying, like, oh, I really do love you, you know? And, like, it's, like, you know. That's kind of how my family is, too. Yeah. It's just too hard because it's just, like, I think a lot of people displace what, like, true emotions are. Uh-huh. And, a lot of, and, like, they show them in different ways. Like, some people, like, you know. Just be like, oh, you know, like like physical or whatever uh-huh. in a nice, playful way. Right. Or some people will tease or some people will just be like super creepy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah. You're like, hey, you got really pretty high. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> or something like that. I don't right. know. So, yeah. like, I guess I just like to tease because it's more, like, I'm a playful human being, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, like, I like to, like, see that, like, I don't know. That's the way that your love manifests itself. Teasing. And teasing and hugging. then hugging <laughs> and rhyming. Rhyming, God, yeah. In um, bursts of energy. Yeah. <laughs> bursts, yeah. Bursts. Big bursts, like a starburst, yeah. Like a starburst, baby. I was going to say taste the rainbow, but. Taste the yeah, no dice, the Skittles. You just said it. But that's Skittles. Yeah, but it's still cross the same. Cross the streams, thing. man. Who cares? Don't cross the streams. You can cross market in this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. you can Thanks for giving me permission. <laughs> <laughs> um, you need it. You need permission. What's the starburst slogan? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, unwrap no. the. I think it is like unwrap the fun or something like that. I really think it might be. That might be Trojan. Oh no, <laughs> Trojan. Man. Man. You remember that? Yeah. Now uh-huh. they're all <laughs> Trojan man. Oh boy. Oh how we digress so fast. I know, is man. Is that the right word to use? Digress. Right yeah. Yeah. Sure. Or uh, yeah, I I talk. I refer to them as tangents a lot. That's all I have. All you have is tangents? <laughs> yeah. No signs of cosines? Cosines. Look at this awesome mic. <laughs> it's like a... It's the coolest one. You know, like... Strauss bought this cool one that's like an orb. It's like this thing. Oh, it's like a snowball? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the blue a, chip or something. Mm-hmm. Blue yeah. boy? Blue mm-hmm. man? That's a very popular uh, podcasting mic. Yeah, but this looks so pro. This, this is called the Zoom 2 million. It's called the Zoom H6. Oh. Uh, it's, it's nice got, because we also use it to film videos on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This put, is very, like, you know, like booms uh, into it. This one is specifically for. They got podcasting. a boom jam. Yeah. Yeah. Power slam. Boom. Yeah. Uh, God, are, that's the catchphrase. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> what is the origin of your love for the Chicago comedy community? The origin? Yeah. Like, how Where did it start? Gosh. Oh. I didn't know where that's a good one, man. You're really hitting it. You're, you're digging Same fast. Same question I ask every guest. Oh, really? Not not about the Chicago comedy community, oh, but, but about, about whatever their topic about. is. Yeah. I think it's a good starting place. Yeah, I think it's a great starting place. I think it's it's appropriate. And like like we were talking about, that's all I wanted to do was talk about that. Yeah. Because it's, you know, at this point, 
It's the thing You're that's meant the most. reminiscing a lot. Yeah. And yeah, of course it's been the most important part of your Chicago experience. Yeah. How could it not be? It is the only part yeah, of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is, it's is details. Yeah. Or it's things that you not did nothing. because of the community. Yeah. Because that's what you wanted to be a part of. Yeah, and I think like, so where did it all start? How did yeah. it start? Everything. It was just, you know, really the journey started when I was back in Wisconsin and I was just, you know, totally disenfranchised with who I was. Really? Like, you know, like I had no idea who I was, but I had this strong urge to be somebody, Aww. you know, and like this, like, how old were you? I was, I think, well, it's always been that way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it's been my whole life that I've been like that, where it's this yearning to have an identity that's, you know, that's, that I think that it should, is bigger than me or whatever it is. I'm not sure that you, I, you wanted to be a part of a community. Yeah. I want to, well, not, yeah. but you kind of were right. I've always been a part of a community. But whether or not the community made sense or what it was, and uh, whether what was, was the I one that was you I going to towards of. something? Yeah, it, but the, it, when you look back at all of it, it all actually was the right thing to do. It was the right community oh, to be cool. a part of, and everything else. So it was just like it got you there. It got me here, right? You know what I mean? Like if I wouldn't have gone through any of those situations and any of those different like like uh, you know things experiences. experiences, I wouldn't have made this journey and, you know, started the adventure with, with all of this. And that's the coolest part. It's just like, it, it's in like a constant like state of like wanting to expand on who I am as a human being has always been the way I've lived where Aww. it's just like, yeah, it's just, cause it's just, we have so much going for us and it, you know, what led me here was just a bunch of stuff that was like not, you know, healthy. You really? know, just, yeah, it was, you know, living life for a different reason than I, like I wasn't fully focused on who I was. I wasn't listening to that. You know what I mean? So it was just like, what do you feel like you prioritize? What, what I was extremely materialistic. Really? Yeah. Very materialistic in like, in the sense of, you know, did you make a lot of money? I did, you know, like I, I did make a lot of money. Um, I, I had money. I did a lot of, you know, like I, there was money was a very like central part where it was like, you were going toward, like always like that was the most important thing was like you could only your only payoff and your only like reward was to be successful monetarily wow in my mind wow now i don't come from my mother is nothing like that my yeah mother, i was know? gonna <laughs> ask that but i didn't yeah, yeah if your family was like so well I come, off. no and that's the i mean that's the craziest part so it's like to explain it like to maybe like we could go like the journey itself is like very big so I was raised by my mom. My mom and dad got divorced when I was like one, right? But the thing is, is that like at home with my mom, we were like very, we struggled a ton, like a ton. Like we were on like food stamps. We'd go to Salvation Army, you know, we would, you know, do that kind of thing. Wow. She was, you know, raising me alone, you know, and going to it was school. Just you and your mom. Yeah, it was just me and my mom. You're an only child. I have a sister. Okay, yeah, my okay. dad had a, uh, a Jackie um, with another woman. Half sister. Yeah, she's my full sister. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we make sure that that's yeah. Aww, she's a special good. person. I, I, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't yeah, trying to like detract from it. No, you're trying can't. to make sure I understood the situation. Yeah, the situation understood, <laughs> big time. So, of course, yeah. she's your sister. She's so cool. She's a beautiful woman, and uh, I'm very proud. She of her. was. She's in Chicago still, or she was. Basically? She was. Yeah. She well. She was in town for like a convention or something. Yeah. For, like she was doing. A, she's a dental hygienist. I oh, think. cool. Yeah. So she was doing that. They do it every other year. They come nice. down here. So it's like or every two years or something. Nice, nice. Which is cool. 
Um, so yeah, it was but you and like, your mom. It was me and my mom. It was always a struggle. She was going to school. She was going to school to get her master's. Wow. In art and fine art, and she was also. You know, she also has like a... Of course, your mom is an artist. That's yeah. very telling. Yeah. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. She's like, thank you. She's she's the biggest inspiration. It's her, it's her birthday tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. I know. It's just happy, happy. Happy early birthday now. Yeah. By the time I put this up, it'll be yeah. happy belated birthday. Happy belated and early birthday. Right. <laughs> we'll get you good tomorrow. The 7th? The 7th, yeah. It's my um, best friend, my childhood best friend's birthday as well. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a good day. Yep. It's a wild day though. It's Pearl Harbor. It is Pearl Harbor day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we, we, growing up was a weird, you know, it was a weird dynamic because both of my grandparents, they are very successful, like, like, like uh, power, you know, family type thing. Wow. Like it's like, so. And well they, known in, in kinda, Cedarburg. Well, like well known in Milwaukee, in this, yeah, in like Milwaukee and Cedarburg and stuff like that. Uh, more so in in the Milwaukee area, where like my grandfather founded uh, a you know a law firm, and oh, it was wow. a pretty you know good law firm, I would imagine. Okay. And uh, you know his clientele list, his stories are just awesome. Of course, and it's yeah. Just like, I feel oh, like my God. lawyers have yeah. some of the best stories. Some of the great, like I can't repeat them on, on record. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I hear so stories at work um, because the. Uh, some of the people we work, a lot of the lawyers that we work with are like the UI lawyers. Yeah. Um, they'll have like, they had the case records for like when Justin Bieber got pulled over sure. for a DUI and yeah. stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, I'll email you the PDFs. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, how know. is this essentially like public record? It is. All of it is. Yeah. It has yeah. to be. And that's yeah. the craziest part. And it's just like, I don't know. So you like, you grew up with like successful men in your life. Sure. Like, in like, my other grandfather, my dad's father, founded the ortho, like I think it was the Orthopedic Association of Milwaukee. Wow! And like, so it's a pretty big, you know, orthopedic clinic or like practice. Uh-huh. It's not a clinic; it's a practice. Uh huh. Um, practice is a group of doctors, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and like a, uh, like a firm. Yeah, like a firm, like a, like attorneys. You <laughs> so, know? so that's yeah. so funny, though. I've yeah. I've heard this before, and I can't remember exactly what the trajectory is, but there's like there's a Maybe not a theory. I'm not sure what the right word for it is, but it's something to the effect of like parents who are doctors and lawyers have kids who are um, like artists, and yeah. then artists have kids who are like. There's this. I'd have to look it up. That would be really. But cool it's to know. it's. I'll let's. I'll just see this. Why I have a notebook? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll have to look it up because it's very interesting, yeah. and everything that you're talking about sounds like this. Um, like like hypothesized trajectory of like generations because it's like, you know, lawyers and doctors encourage their children to be one thing and artists encourage their children to be another thing. And like teachers encourage their children to be et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's really interesting. It is interesting. It's cool. And it's, and that would be really neat to know. Yeah. I definitely want to, especially from everything you've said so far. What does your dad do? My dad is, uh, now he's, he owns a, a health club, health and fitness. My dad is a lot like me, like in the external sense, like okay. with the, you know, the boom jam power slam, the, <laughs> the, uh, you know, crazy, like big time character, yeah, the, character, the, yeah. the, the, the hype guy, the hammer, yeah, the, 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 that guy. And then my mom is like the, you know, the artist the, the truest yin and yang experience I think ever. That's I think so it great. pretty much sums it Were up. Were you pretty... Were you close to your dad growing up too, or well, I was. Your mom? Yeah, I mean, my dad and I's relationship was really tough 
growing up, it was there. There was a lot of like internal resentment and stuff like that that I dealt with. And luckily, I you know, yeah. I, at one point, I was you know, I went to go see somebody, and they're like, you know, does your dad want to be a part of your life? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, then get then over let it. Him. He's like, yeah. Let him be who he is today. And don't worry about what it was yesterday. Oh, wow. You know, allow him to be your father in your life at this moment going yeah. forward and realize that he's not trying to make up for it and don't let him try to make up for anything. Mm-hmm. Let him know that you want him to be your father for today in the oh, rest of your life. I love that. Yeah. And like that set me super was free. Yeah. I was just changing, like, I would think. Yeah. And our relationship after that got really great. And it, you know, and there was a lot of other stuff that led up into that too. Which was amazing, and, and that really built a strong uh, bond between my father and I that really wasn't there. And uh, you know, but my mother and I obviously are very, very close. My father and I are very, very close. We text and call, and mm. he rhymes to me on the phone and sings me songs Aww. and stuff. So um, <laughs> your family it's really has cool. to be so like warm and. Yeah. And for you to be the person that you are, I would just expect that to be the case. And the way that you talk about your family, it's yeah. obviously a very important part of your life. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, they're a big part of my identity, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my two of my very best friends are my cousins, you know, cool. three, my three, my cousin, uh, there's three of my really best friends are my cousins. Um, and you know, it's just like having that, it's like. I was in their weddings. I'm uh, going to be in my other cousin's wedding, you know, and it's just good. That is, I think that's just a sign of, you know, really something that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it says a lot. And, and we see our, our family now, the, our cousins now, our younger cousins are starting to build those bonds with the, our cousins. Oh, great. You know, and yeah, it's like, with one another. Yeah. And we, we do like cousins weekends with everybody. Aww. Yeah. I have like 30, like 30 first cousins. That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. I have. I think like 28 or. Four. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I have four. Yeah. Three on one, three on my mom, or dad's side and one on my yeah. mom's side. But I have like 12 aunts and uncles, so. Yeah. That I only funny. have one, two. I have Three, three aunts and four uncles. Oh man, yeah, it, that's a different family, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very wild. small. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, do you? So that was kind of like the you know community that you were part of growing yeah. up. So it was like yeah, I think, and then that was like not really having an immediate father and like having that uh, like looking up. I was I my grandparents were very important to me. Those were the men that I looked to, and I had a big brother through big brothers and big sisters. Who oh, cool! Was a big part of my life, yeah, and that's such a beautiful organization. Mm-hmm. I've been honored and blessed to had been asked to do some improv workshops with the big brothers and big oh. sisters in Chicago, and have been able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, so that has been awesome. Like going in there and working with these kids that are just like you're like. I want to take you all home, man. Yeah, and just hug you until oh. the world is over. Yeah, you know? like. Until you can get past what you're going through, you know, or help you get past that. So, so looking up to your grandparents, do you think that's what got you more into the like materialistic like mindset? I think so because I saw that as success. Oh, sure. Yeah. And something to strive towards. Yeah. I think that's really common. I would imagine it has to be. Like that whole, the whole young professionals, I don't want to say phenomenon, but like culture is probably a better word for it. It strikes me as just a lot of people, especially with 
the state of things being what it is with like our rough economy yeah. for, for a person that's, you know, you, your age and my age mm-hmm. to be able to like have really successful jobs, you know, right out of school yeah. and already start being financially and materialistically very successful is of yeah. course, that's something a lot of people are going to strive towards. Well, cause that's like, that's all they teach you. They don't, maybe that's not what they teach you, but that's what's you know, subconsciously taught through media and through yeah. a lot of propaganda that that's the way to live. And that what that does is it builds a lot of debt and it builds you to have to live that way. Really? You know, it's just like it, it puts you into like a position yeah, where... Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's a cycle. It's a system. Yeah. And that like you don't really look at it that way where it's like, no, you're, you're supposed to have a regular job. You're supposed to take out this amount in loans. You're supposed to do this and this and this. And I'm like, if you do all those things that you're supposed to do... That all that does is you have to keep doing it at that rate and you can't break away from it. I mean, you could, right? And most people don't, and that's where you could, but then you'd have to like dig out from under it for a while, exactly. And like, and I, you know, like that just brings you back to like the greatest, the greatest rewards in in my life have been through the greatest struggles I've ever gone through. You know, what do you think? What was like the tipping point for when you started to kind of like turn more towards? Oh wow, that yeah. Like, I mean, what told you that that lifestyle wasn't what you needed to be doing anymore? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, it, there was there was a time in my life where I was living very fast mm-hmm. and doing destructive things. Let's put it that way. Like, I, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't yeah. living a mentally strong game. Mm-hmm. I was focusing on selling and being, you know, a good salesman. And, and what I, did you, you know, do? Where did I was, you a, well, I was a, it, by that point I was a mortgage broker. I was a licensed financial, wow. like, like licensed mortgage broker. Yeah. Wow. I, I never knew that. I don't think. Are you serious? I don't think so. Yeah. I remember talking to you about like the first few jobs you had once you moved to Chicago. Oh yeah. But like, I really, I don't know if we've ever talked about the fact that that's what you yeah. used to do before you came here. Well, yeah, like I was a that, that's because I always thought I was supposed to be a businessman, you yeah. know. And like I at nineteen, you know, I went off to college and uh-huh. I had to, I talked my way into college. and yeah. all that stuff. I've told you that. I story. remember you talking about this the yeah. other night. Yeah, yeah. At, in Milwaukee at uh, Lakeland. Okay, Lakeland College, it's a small private school in Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Sheboygan hard. Yeah, Sheboygan hard rules in math. That's all we're good for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Milwaukee thing was like years later, right? That was well. The, that was like so. I went there for a semester, and I was in, like, like at Lakeland. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I can't do this. I was going through a lot of like probably depression at the time because I had lost some close friends and yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was going through my life. Yeah, you know, the, I definitely remember talking to yeah. you about that. And, and that was a, that was hard, and it was something that I don't think I had fully dealt with on a mature level. And I'm sure it goes back to your, like, uh, like some of the biggest, most important things have happened to you while you were struggling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like, I'm like, I'm coming home. I came home, went, you know, went to MATC the next semester, and, like, none of my credits were transferring. I'm like, oh, oh what no. is going on? And then this girl that I had been dating, we weren't dating anymore, but I was still very close to her family. And her father came up and he's like, you know, I want to offer you the opportunity to run one of two of my companies type of thing. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, or like, hey, you know, be like groomed to take one over sure. or help develop this new one. And I was right. like, I'm 19. What was it? It was like, so one of them was like this technology firm 
that made like industrial strobe lights for like the government and like what? factories. Yeah, I used to work on. It. I used to like put the strobes together and stuff. And like they'd be like on like like scientific submarines that would go down. Uh-huh. And then once they were done with like their their Ex- mission or whatever, yeah, yeah. they would float up to the top, Ex- flip over. Position. Yeah, exped- whatever it was. Expedition. Expedition. That's what I was yeah. And then they'd float up to the top, flip, flip over. over, and then bloop our strobe light would come out. Oh, so they could find it. Yeah. Oh. So we did like that kind of stuff. Wow. What a specific use. I know. (laughs) So that was one of like, one of the cooler clients. And then like his son-in-law was, was big into the, like the cell phone industry and like Uh wireless communication. And at the times that was probably, that was like huge. It was right in the cusp of it all. And he goes, what? Early 2000. That would have been like 2001 or 2002. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was like, Ed was like, Hey, you know, we're, we're doing this thing over here. We're doing this thing over here. What would you want to do? <laughs> I was like, I've and never been no like, I had no clue. clue, absolutely no clue, no clue whatsoever. So I'm like, well, I'll help co-develop this company. You know, I have wow. no idea what I'm doing, but let's do it. You know? And like, so I got this amazing experience, you know, I was working with Suncom, which is now AT&T uh-huh. voice stream, which is now T-Mobile. You know, and like all these, like in, in Nextel, which is now Sprint and everything. And That's it was like, so funny. yeah. And it was a huge sale. I was like selling to like the archdiocese of Milwaukee, you know, like uh-huh. huge, huge companies uh-huh. and like, and then, you know, just individual people. What, so were you doing sales there too? I was inside sales. I was outside business to business and I was running that location. Wow. Yeah. Helping develop the entire like That's crazy, startup. Crazy man. Yeah. And then we like co-developed another technology, which was like a meeting follow-up tool. Uh-huh. That's a software for like phones. I think it, it now like people are still using it. Wow. I think it's called like sales automation or something crazy, but yeah, we were in on that. So we were selling that and like all these other like technologies and things. And it was uh-huh. just like, cool. I'm like, I still have no idea what I'm so doing. You did, so you I, did that for a few years? I did that for like a year, actually. And then like Verizon Wireless called me on the phone and they're like, hey, we heard about you and we'd like to offer you a position with our company. What? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> here, I don't have stuff a stuff just like yeah. fell in your lap. I know. Like, it was very weird. I'm like, I don't have a degree. I don't yeah. have any of this stuff. Yeah. And like, cause typically you need to have a degree or like go back to school and to even work for these companies now. Yeah. And like... I'm like, well, you know, I, they, we, they sat down and we were interviewing and they're like, you don't have a degree. And I'm like, I know. They're like, but you're highly recommended by one of our like top like area managers or something. Cause she came in, she was at a dinner party with somebody that bought a phone from me wow. and they were talking about me at this dinner party. Dang dude. Yeah. And they're like, what a present. I know. And they're like, you gotta get this guy on your sales what team. What a present. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, and they called me and they're like, I was like, okay. They're going to quadruple my money that I'm making. And I'm not even like 19. I'm 20 years old, turning 21, right? And like, yeah, I'm going to have to take this. So I had to break it to them. And they're very upset and very sad to see me go. And I was like, well, it just has to happen, you know? And it was one of the most, that was one of the most gracious things that has ever, you know, I mean, that was, that was just awesome. It was such a wonderful gift. And I still am indebted to that family forever because of that. And then like, um, then Verizon came and I was, you know, making tons of money as a young kid, you know, like over probably right around like 50,000, which is a lot of money at, at that, that time. Yeah. Jesus. You know? and, f- and for, I'm sure you weren't paying, 
Were you living at home? Probably like some of it. Or like a small apartment or something? I just buy drinks for everybody all the time. Of course. Have fun and like party. I man, yeah. Yeah. Fifty thousand dollars at that age in that area is great money. Yeah. I mean it's decent money in general. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is very decent money. So that I mean, and that was started to feed the the lifestyle of, you know, continuing going and getting bigger and better. You know? Wow. And then one day, somebody f- was talking again in there. Like, I don't know if it was what it was, but um, it was a friend of my father's and he had a mortgage, he has a mortgage, he had a mortgage company and they're like, yeah, you, you know, Danny really wants to get out of this cell phone industry. It's going bad. He's like, Hey, I'm coming in and talk to me and let's see what we can do. So I went in and I like sat down and like, well, you don't have a degree or anything. I'm like, no. And they're like, okay. And then they're like. So I just started quoting the Sun Tzu Art of War. <laughs> like just, what? Just like going to town on that book. <laughs> being like oh my all this God. crazy stuff. You and, started uh, quoting Art of War? <laughs> yeah. Well, like this, like maybe not like, but like quoting the principles Referencing. of it. Yeah. And like, yeah, quoting the wrong word. And like, it was so funny. And I was so nervous because it was a big interview. And then they called me the next day and they're like, we want to offer you a job. We're going to get you licensed. You'll take into, you know, the appropriate exams. You'll pay the price. And then you'll yeah. get a broker's license. And I was like, all right, cool. So I did that. And that's where it all really came to a head. Started to, yeah. that was the beginning of the end of it being was. able to like live that lifestyle. Yeah. Cause it was just like, I mean, the things that I was getting into and just the stuff that I was doing was just leading it down the wrong path. And it was like a totally like, um, unrealistic concept of what life should be. This, this is why you liked Wolf of Wall Street so I much. I love Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I know. You talked about it like, all the time. We were like, talked about it all the time yeah. when it came out. It was very... So, we used to watch Wall Street and Boiler Room in our conference room before like we'd go you on the do phones. do meetings or something? Yeah. <sighs> and like just be like, all right, no, get out there. And they, they, they'd tell me a pitch to do and I'd be like out there, I'd be like pitching. So one guy's like, you're the biggest fast Eddie I've ever talked to in my life. And I'm like, yeah. Well, that's what I, I do, man. That's what I do. I'm like, I, and you'd be like, if you don't like it, you don't have to talk to me. Yeah. But if you want it and you want what you need, you'll continue to listen to me. Oh my You know, like God. that kind of stuff where it's just like, it's just like, and then you'd be like on the phone and be like, you can't not hang up this phone. Yeah. Because if you do, you're not going to get the loan that you're looking for and you're oh not going to be able to position yourself for financial gain in the future. You know, oh and like God. just putting it and on the table. And that's what caused the stock market yeah. to crash in 2008. There's a lot of it, yeah. I um, mean, so how long did you do that before it like reached ahead? I did that a for like year a year or two. Or two. Um, and that was and like, then, that was fun. And, you know, and then all of a sudden I was just, I walked in and, you know, they looked at me and they're like, you're pretty, are you? I'm like, I'm just done can't do this anymore and there was some other stuff that led to it too like that was pretty wild um and i was just like all right i'm done i go i love selling but not anything other than myself wow and i came to that realization and i was like i i love i love people so much i love being around people and i love just like interacting with them i don't Uh care on what level Uh you know it's just fun to be around people during all of that was there ever anything that made you that like did you have any inkling that like comedy was what you were gonna end up doing well my whole life i think i did because it was always based around like you know entertaining huge families you know and like so you'd be with with my grandma and grandpa myrtle my mom's parents and my only goal when we were around was to 
make my grandmother laugh as hard as possible all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's all I would ever do. I just tell stories. My uncle Fritz was a big storyteller as well. Mm -hmm. And he was just a total hoot to be around. So it was kind of like, Listening to this guy tell a story about having to go to the bathroom, running into a place, and like right. blowing the porcelain off the walls, right. and like how he's telling it, telling and a real Wisconsin, you know, he's a salesman, yeah. everyone's salesman and stuff. And, and everyone's like, hanging on every everybody's word. like, oh and my God. And he's getting God. laughs the yeah, whole he's time. Just dropping them. And I'm like, then, like, I would be like 14, and I'd be like, I'm going to outdo him. So then I would do something, and I would just go harder, you know, and mm-hmm. like just do something character, like wild. That's great. So it yeah. was kind of like there. It's not like you yeah. just had this epiphany where you were just like, no. I'm going to go move to Chicago and do comedy. Well, kind of, yeah. I mean, there the Chicago a, thing maybe was an yeah. epiphany, but the comedy stuff was But the was comedy kind of, stuff was always... It's in, probably like, something you never thought about being a big goal. No, I, I didn't understand what it was. Like, because my dad is extremely funny. He's he's very, very funny. He's one of the funniest dudes I know. And um, that was always another thing where I would be over with my dad. And my dad was always entertaining. Yeah. You know, so there's always this thing of like, there's always been a man, you know, that's that I've looked up to. But uh-huh. I've always been like inspired by like my mother and her path and her journey and her so like So it's kind of the land. combination of the two, Yeah, like it's you like said. this, she's like the biggest like stability rock. And like Aww. the the actual like like uh, the spiritual guidance Guiding to it light. all, and then yeah. like these like my like honing my skills and like honing who I was as like a performer was coming from watching these people tell their stories. Aww. And my dad, I mean, he he still entertains people. He gets he does like big huge events where he's the MCs. My and dad stuff. does that. Yeah. He's an MC a lot too. Yeah, and it's just like in he's one of the funniest guys I know, and his personality has built his career. You know, and yeah. it's, it's really amazing. And, um, so like having all that in the, like, I remember like in high school and stuff, like walking by, uh, theater and like, in like the theater kids and I'd be like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta get in on that. I'm Did like, you ever do it though? I couldn't. Like I was too, A, you I was football. too scared. I was a football player. And like, that's all they wanted me to do was play football. Yeah. Like I wasn't like, I couldn't even rollerblade. Like one of my coaches was like, don't rollerblade. Cause wow. he didn't want you to get hurt Hit or do anything her. else, you know? And you're like. Dude, I get hurt all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, just doing like, stupid yeah. shit. <laughs> like, you hurt me every day. You know, <laughs> like come on, bud. Physically and emotionally. Yeah. Oh, emotionally, big time. So, when um, you, so, so what? What did it? So what did it was? I was sitting in the office and like there was a huge explosion in my personal life and everything else, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm totally disenfranchised. Like again, disenfranchised with this whole thing. Uh huh. And um, I. Stopped working in the, like the big, like, and I financially, it was a, a you know, part of that too. And it was, it's, you know, it was pretty big. And, uh, then I started working for my uncle Kirk. I asked him, I go, can I work for you? He owns like a, like uh painting and remodeling and a very high end, nice, like, uh, uh, painting company. Okay. And, um, and I go, can I work for you? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, I don't think you have what it takes to be like really? a manual labor type of guy. And I'm like, I'm broke. I need this, please. Like, and he's you were like, broke already. Oh, big just time. because of that. The well, like loan. Type I was engaged. Like, like I was with a girl. I was with. You almost said engaged. I was well, like, I like asked <laughs> were you to like, marry me. Pre-engaged. Kind of like I asked her to marry me, and like I was, you know, gonna go through with it. Gonna um, go through with it. Well, because like you know says. what? I, well, you know what I mean. Like it was like. I didn't know what was actually going on in the back door. It was bigger than it really was. Like she was not who she said she was. Oh, and there was like Danny. there was a 
that story is very big. Yeah. And uh, she was somebody that... Uh, she was taking you for a ride? Yeah. Big time. Danny. So it was, it's, it's, a, it's a big... I mean, it was a big thing. My family so loves this story. So you thought you were engaged? I like, thought I was engaged. She was engaged to your... like people beyond people. You know, really? like she was in relationships with high profile human beings like that oh. we see on TV and we really? know, yeah, like this athletes and things like that. Jesus. And I was just, I was having a blast. Like of course. I was a little disillusioned to what was going on because I was like going through my own little revelate, like lone little party, yeah. you know, and like having so much fun while it was happening. I don't regret that at all. It was so great. Sure. It was the coolest thing ever. And, uh, so that was a lot of it. Like I was living this lifestyle uh, you know, like booze and everything and all this stuff and, you know, just a fast lifestyle mm-hmm. that was not, I wasn't able to catch up with it because mm-hmm. I was doing so much, you know, spending and so much partying and so much, you know, wild but life. By the time you got out of it, there was just... By the time we got out, I was just like, oh my God. I just, That's crazy. It was so crazy. So and did like, you work for your Uncle Kirk? I worked for him and I was <laughs> looking around and I go, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I go, this is insane. Oh, uh, even it, the manual stuff. Yeah, you're I'm just like, like I can't, yeah, I can't do any of this. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want this to define me either. It's that, and then that, that, that there was that voice. So you you felt like you were trying to go to like the opposite end of the spectrum. Of, yeah. Instead of trying to like be the super fast Malibu salesman, yeah. being the like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with my hands for a living. Yeah. I'm gonna make things. I'm gonna make things. I'm gonna do this. And then that just got destructive and like I started drinking a lot and oh. stuff like that. And I'm like, oh no, this is not good. Like I got to break out of this. Uh-huh. So then I started going to school again. I went to MATC again, started doing that. And, wow. Uh, that was really fun. It was, it was pretty eye opening. And I was like, oh, okay, and that cool. was that you told us the other night. That's when you took out a bunch of like student loans. Then I and took stuff. out another bunch of student loans to go back to school. We'll get into that. Yeah. And then my grandmother got sick, and my my dad's mother. I knew that was part of yeah, the story. <laughs> that's like the biggest part of the story. Aww. You know, and it was just like she was like uh, on her when right before she was she passed away. We had a conversation. And I've told this story before. It's just like no, it's, she it's like repeating. She looked up and she was just like, "Don't do what your father never did, or you know what so much of us, so many of us don't do, and actually go and live your life and say yes to who you actually are." And, like, she goes, your father should have become an entertainer. And she Aww. should have, like, went out and, and really attacked and tried that. And he never did, you know? And, like, she goes, don't ever do that to yourself. She goes, do it. And I was like, I finally have permission to go and be who I am. Aww. I was like, it's, it's like, I'm like, oh, my God, in heaven. Aww. I'm like, this is amazing. So I finally, like, at age, what, It like just 25, took someone else saying it to yeah, you. Yeah, because I thought that they wanted me to be corporate America. Yeah. You know, this corporate man that when was like, you were probably CEO just creating all those, I was creating it all yeah. on my own. And on, all they wanted for me was to go off and do this. And um, like, have so you crazy. seen, um, the, it was, a, uh, the link was circulating around the internet as they do yeah. of this, um, commencement speech that Jim Carrey gave. I didn't recently. see it. No. Um, uh, that's another thing we should look up after this, uh, because I feel like you would relate to it immensely. Yeah. Um, he starts talking about how his dad is like the funniest person he knows yeah. and how his dad absolutely could have become a professional comedian and like yeah. had some desire to, but he decided instead to like take a safer, safer route mm-hmm. and he became like an accountant so that he could support his family. Yeah. And, uh, and then like 11 years after working at the same accounting firm for like 11 years, he was laid off. 
Yeah. And their family was like, you know, spun into this, like, you know, who know who knew it was going to happen. And he basically like brought it to a head by saying, uh, like, you shouldn't be afraid to ask the universe for something that you know you want because, like, I am an example of making a huge, at like asking the universe for something huge yeah. and actually getting, getting it. it. Yeah, and you he will said, get it. and this like beautiful, beautiful thing he said that I'm sure you will be able to relate to is, um, he said something to the effect of, uh, you, you. Even, like, he said, you can fail at something that you don't want to do, so you might as well take a chance Indeed, at trying yeah. to do the thing that you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 100% correct. Yeah. And the thing is, is, like, the only failure in life, the only failure in life is not doing something. That is the absolute only failure you can have. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to fail at life, sit around and sit on your couch. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to fail, walk out the door. And then take advantage of what we've been given as this gift and go out and attack oh, it. I love that. You know? I mean, it's just like, we get, that's the whole, that's the whole thing that I was talking about earlier. Is that like, kind of how you're, I'm sure you've been talking, thinking about and talking about this and feeling it so much recently. We talked a little bit before we started recording, but one of the reasons that you wanted to talk about the comedy community today was because you're moving to New York soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that has to be something that is going through your mind of like, yeah. this is a thing that I want and, and like what I feel like I need to do right now. So yeah. I need to just like, and even though there's a lot of scary things about it and yeah. a lot of hard things about it, it, the whole thing in like, uh, it's so weird. It's so wild. Um, it's like, uh, I know I skipped a lot of steps, but I wanted to like go ahead and yeah. I mean, sure we can always was, digress and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I want to come back to like, what you kind of started doing when you first came here, but yeah, we can talk about anything you want. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was, it is weird. And it's something like I was just thinking about uh, while I was working out before I got here. And I'm like, I've legitimately, I have had to shut off all of my real feelings toward the, everybody here in order to make it through this next month. Really? Like, honestly. Like, I was even going to post. It was so funny. I Like, I get, people make fun of me. But I think about posts sometimes, and I want to post and say something uh-huh. or something like that. Sometimes I never do them. Mostly, I never do them. You know, sometimes Tisher catches me writing them down or something. Really? They're more or less, like, because I write a lot. Like, I'll write down my feelings, and I'll write, like, I have in my back pocket, like, my little note that I wrote to myself about New York and everything. And, uh, I I have that pushing me forward and keeping me going. And, uh, it's just like, yeah, man, I don't know. This this community is just, it's like I left home to come here Mm -hmm. and I just built a new, there's a, it's a new family. It's Mm -hmm. like this, but it's not even a new family. It's like this family that was always here. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden I swum, you know, like the black hole type of thing or like the worm circle, whatever they, they are. Worm, the, wormhole. Wormhole. Interstellar. <laughs> Interstellar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know. Yeah, like I got... How you think, David. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a good thought process. Um, I got sucked through this thing and like I was so like torn up about leaving home, but I also wasn't. Because I was like, this is the right thing to do. Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt when I yeah. came here too. And it was just so weird. 
And I, and I don't think it would have paid itself off the way it did if it wasn't such a welcoming community. Oh, you know? yeah. And it's just God, like, absolutely. It's so weird. Because before I got involved in the community, I was so scared and yeah. depressed and lonely. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't know anyone yet. And I didn't really know if I had made the right choice. Yeah. And then as soon as I, like, started taking classes, everything just snowballed. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. It's like you make you make a huge t- decision to leave the the nest, the home, and to like say yes to something that you have no idea you're saying what you're saying yes yeah, to. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yes, this is seems right. So I got on the train one day and I looked at my mom and I said, I don't know when I'm coming back. And we both kind of laughed and I said, I'm serious. <gasps> and she goes, okay. And that's when I started like couch hopping and like living in abandoned apartments and like with random people and like one, like, like a loft apartment with another person above John Barleycorn. And, you know, like once I said yes to this and got, and you were taking classes and and I was taking classes online and at MATC traveling back and forth from Milwaukee to Chicago each week, like either, either sat every, like it first started off with like Saturday, I'd go down in the morning, come back at night on the Amtrak. And then it got to a point where, I randomly ran into an old uh, high school friend, uh-huh. and I was desperate for a job. And he's like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" I'm like, "I don't know. I was lost. I was trying to find Second City." And he's like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Why don't you come in here and have a beer? I'm bartending tonight." I was, <laughs> I was like, "Sweet." He's like, "What are you What are you up to?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. I need to get a job." He's like, "You want to work here?" And I was like, "Yeah." Got the job the next day, Danny. So I had to call my mom and tell her I wasn't coming home. And I'm like, that wow. was the first day you came into the city. That was like no, that was uh, on one of those. That was on trips. one of the tr- yeah first trips where I was kind of like staying in this like apartment that this guy I was kind of squatting in an apartment and uh, I was like walking around like trying to figure it out, trying to get the move here, mm-hmm. you know, so I could solidify it. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I had two jobs, one job in Chicago, one job in Wisconsin, and I was going to MATC again at the same time and trying to make it all work. That's when. I decided, I'm like, I'm going to have to move here full time. Were you watching shows? Wasn't doing, no, I was just taking A through E. Just, okay, so you were yeah. in classes. Yeah, right? I was in A through E at Second City. And you used your student loans to pay for them, right? For most of it, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had all this cash and I was like, oh, sweet. You know, like I was able to move this city with like a little bit and then I, the student loan stopped. Yeah, then, funny thing. I know, funny thing. If you're not a student anymore, yeah, I know. you can't get student loans. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> You gotta pay him back or something, right? Oh my god! So I get, for the first half of my for my studying, I was able to effectively afford uh, going to classes and stuff like okay. that. And then and then it got to be a struggle where I was broke as a joke, and like I didn't have any cash, I didn't have anything, struggling to pay through the you know like just I would save up like five dollars a week. Just to go to the open open court at playground and the jam at I.O. I remember you telling me yeah. that at some point, too. Yeah. And I'd that, like, the only money you'd make would go to straight, doing those straight things. Straight to those two things. To get stage time. Yeah. Because <laughs> there wasn't any other opportunities at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like this was six years ago? That was six years ago, yeah. And there was just, like, you know, walking from North Avenue all the way up to the old I.O., on foot because I couldn't afford to take the bus. Took the bus both ways. That's what, like an hour. It was like an yeah, it was yeah, it was like a two-hour commute. Hour and a half every day. I would do it, go see shows, and you know, do the the jam to begin with. That's such a good way to like 
experience the city early on, yeah, though. it is. It was great. I mean, obviously, it's not ideal, but, like, walking more places and... It helps you kind of get the lay of the land, and it helps you, like, experience it more. Mm -hmm. Well, Uh, what I started doing when I first moved here is I started doing a lot of photography. Cool. And, like, everywhere, every place that I've photographed, I've lived. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And I never even knew it. What? It was all before I would ever live there. And, like, all of a sudden, I'd be like, oh, my God. I'd look through old pictures and be like, that's an alley from, like, three blocks away. That's so funny. Yeah, so, like, everywhere that I've ever, like, rooted down... I had at one point taken a photograph in some Do you some think it's area. partially because you would, like, walk that same route and that's, like, where you kind of live? Well, or? I would go on adventures, you know, like, photogra- like photographing things and going places and stuff. That's and so funny. Yeah, it was very funny. It was very inviting and welcome. Like, it made you feel really good. It really, yeah, I mean, I remember my early days of living in Chicago. I'm just, like, I didn't have a job for the first couple months that I was here. Yeah. And But I also, like, didn't really know anybody, so I would, like... Find a place that I knew I wanted to go and, like, figure out how to get there and, like, write down the directions and stuff like yeah, that. And, I know. You know, maybe train there and walk back or something like that, you know? Yeah. I saw a lot of movies. <laughs> it is. It's, like, it's so wild. I don't know. And it's just... So, what was your... Do you feel like you were immediately enamored, like, when you were in A through E? Yeah. I was. I was immediately. Like, I, I went through the... Walked through the doors and I used to suffer from anxiety and panic attacks and... A bunch of stuff, like, just really crippling, where I, like, had gone to the hospital because I was, really? like, yeah, like, bad, where I couldn't drive on the freeway and stuff because I just Whoa. would be, like, so nervous. And, um... Do you think... It, as a result of that lifestyle, yeah? Yeah. It, it has to have been. been. Yeah. It most likely was. And, like... Maybe not as a result, but it's, I'm sure it wasn't it, helping. It was probably a result. Contrib- of, contributing yeah. factor. probably had a huge, like, hand in it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like... As soon as I went through the door at Second City, and it seems very cliche and very, you know, whatever, but everything left. Oh. This, from the first class. Really? Like, I stopped having anxiety. I stopped having panic attacks. I stopped everything. Have you never, ha- have you not no. had any experience with that since then? I haven't. What? Yeah. Oh, I just got chills. I know. Like, I just, I don't fear anything anymore. Because there's nothing to fear. If you can, if you can come to grips with being 100% vulnerable with who you are... And be on par with that. Mm-hmm. What do you have to be scared of? Mm-hmm. You know, we all know that you're going to live and that you're going to die and that you're going to have a blast in between if you yeah. want to. So, what is there to be scared of? You know, and that's the thing. It's like that is the best question to you can ask yourself. It's like, wake up. What is there to be scared of? All the fun I'm going to have today. Yeah. You know, like, oh man, that sucks. You know, like oh my yeah. god, I get to live in one more day and like. Go hang out with some of the most talented human beings in the entire, like, world. Yeah. For, like, real. Like, coming to that realization in, like, sitting around and looking in a room and being like, I'm around the most talented people in comedy, acting, everything. Yeah. And being like, and and actually, that being a true statement. Yeah. And not, like, an overdone hype statement. No, literally. Literally. Some of the most talented people in the world. And going, what? Yeah. What what is there to be bummed yeah. about? I remember I think it was I think it was um Mark Coulomb who said at some point that like um you know some people can say something like uh oh yeah like my buddy 
Dave is the funniest dude I know, or like yeah. my uncle Jerry yeah, is the funniest yeah. dude I know. But like for people in this community, if you say the funniest dude I know, yeah. it may very well be like one of the yeah. funniest people. Yeah. That just period. I agree. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing, and it's like well, you can't find that anywhere else, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just it, that's what Chicago is. It's this beautiful petri dish of greatness Mm -hmm. and it's just these all these people training doing stomping this pavement over and over again attacking every night or Mm -hmm. as often as possible hustling hustling and doing it and that is what the spirit and heart of this community is Mm -hmm. the hustle the flow everything (laughs) and it's like you get you're rewarded by that Mm -hmm. you know and like there's a level of respect that your peers will show you and Absolutely. your friends show you. And then yeah. it's all vice versa. If you're too. doing it the right way. Yeah. yeah and it's sure. like if you're living a healthy life, going after it, attacking it, treating people with kindness. Being genuine. Yeah, being genuine. I mean, the only thing in the world is being nice. Yeah. And I totally agree. You know, that'll open up every door you could ever imagine. You know, it's like I couldn't feel the love I have if it weren't for you. You know, and if it weren't for everybody that I come in contact with, my heart wouldn't be able to say yes if, if there weren't for these people, all the people here in Chicago, Yeah, you know, and everybody else that I've ever come in contact with, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you look at life that way, it's like, no matter who they are, you know, you might not agree with them on every topic or, you know, sometimes you might think that they're, they're not living their life the right way or something. It's like, they all have an impact on you. Mm Mm-hmm. They all have a story and a journey to add toward your adventure. No man is an island. No. Mm. <laughs> but if you'd like to live on one, I bet. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to hear about like kind of your trajectory in the community because I feel like it's a very common or it's it's a mostly common experience for people who do comedy and improv in Chicago that like you start out. Like you said, like the first place you took classes was at Second City. And I didn't then, even know about IO. In yeah. their A3 program, which is like the most beginner improv program uh, basically in the city. Yeah, it is the uh, beginner program. So it's like where a lot of people, I'm sure so many people, if you ask them, how did this start? Well, I took A3 at Second City, you yeah. know? Especially if it was someone who came to Chicago without any other yeah. comedy experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you did that. I did that. And you loved it. I loved it. I mean, it was it was amazing. And, and you were doing the jams and the mixers jams and the mixers like and everything, and really Any trying to that you could. Yeah, everything. And I think that's what you have to do. Yeah, you know, and it, it, especially that was, early on. Yeah, you have to be twenty four seven. You you just have to. And then I feel like you can kind of. I think you have to reach a point where you start to like prioritize and not yeah. try to do everything. Well, yeah, you, you have to have like a, a controlled tunnel vision Yeah, where it's like, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's like, you have to see what you want. You have to understand what you need to do to attain that, mm-hmm. but you can't let that fraction away from all the other awesome things in life. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like you will find that people are, you know, it's just like, this is all I do. This is the only thing that I do. And it's yeah. like, no, you can't. You like, have to. You want to. You want to be funny. You want to understand life. And like being funny isn't telling a joke. Right. Being funny is understanding yourself. Yeah. And presenting that. Yeah. And then having other people like agree with it as an audience and be like, oh, that's not even funny, but I'm laughing. You know, like <laughs> it's like like I was I went and met with my sister, and there was a a huge like boardroom like table yeah. of like 
15 women. And I walk into the for middle this of, dental for this thing? dental thing, right? And they're like, come on in, sit down and have a drink. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, I sit down. And I'm like, well, ladies, I just wanted to bring you all here today, you know, and like get this thing just going. yakking it up. Yeah, and then yakking it up. And then they're like, tell us a joke. And I'm yucking it up. Yeah, yucking it up. Yakking. Yakking, yak. I liked that too. Yakity yak. Uh-huh. Don't like, talk back. Don't talk back. Weedy, weedy, bop, bop. <laughs> and uh, they're just like... They're like, tell us a joke. I'm like, no, I don't do that. You know, like that's not who I am. Oh, I just saw Bridget Marshall um, posted something on Facebook the other day where she said she met someone. I don't remember where. I'm not even sure she said where. She met someone who was like, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm a comedian. And she was like, oh, tell me a joke. And <laughs> and Bridget said, well, what do you do? And the girl was like, an accountant or a salesperson yeah. or something like that. And she was like, Oh, sell me something. And yeah. then she like, she said, I bowed and walked away. And yeah. I was like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of ludicrous for yeah. people to expect that. But. Well, and like what I said to him, I, I go, why don't you tell me what you want to hear? And, I, and I'll <laughs> do great. a scene for you. <laughs> so I did an entire character monologue. That's great. In front of all of so them. you really did yeah, perform I, for them. I did, and then I go and I go and, and everybody was laughing. And they're like, "But that wasn't like that wasn't like funny. That was just real." And I go, well, "Yeah." I go, "Were you guys?" And they go, "Were you?" I go, "Every one of you were laughing, right?" And they go, "Yeah." That was funny. Then I go, then I go. That's why it was funny because it was real. <laughs> I, go, I exploited every situation that my you wanted me blow. to. Yeah, and, like, and they were like, it was, it was just so. That was my first You're time that I've had trip, that trip, dude. <laughs> oh like, my god. I was like, I and this was it. just a few days ago, right? That was last night. Yeah. Uh, so, so <laughs> you were so you're taking classes, yeah. Second City. <laughs> You, um, Tangent City. No, no. I just, I do, I want to like, yeah. I'm interested to hear what your experience was like. So it so was, did you like complete that program and then start another one? I completed that one? program. So basically what it was is I got to study with some of the greatest guys and, and, you know, I don't think, I didn't have a, a single female instructor at that time. That was really? kind of weird. There is a, there's, there's, a, there's not enough, you know, yeah. and that, that's a shame. Um, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, so, we're working on it. Yeah, I hope so. Because <laughs> there's some beautiful voices that need to be heard and to be teachers. So, uh, yeah, I'm going through that. And, like, you know, at that time we got to perform at the, on, the, at, at, like, at the end on the main stages at uh, Second City. Like, yeah, on main stages. Because they didn't ATC. really have yeah, they didn't any of the other smaller spaces yet. So it was like the coolest thing in the world. And, you know, I remember like getting done. It must have felt like a dream come true. It was. It was like a sold out house. In the ETC for my first show ever. Ooh. Yeah. And like, I did this thing. And I was so, I was like, I'm like, I'm not going to stay out late, anything. But I was bouncing at John Barleycorn. So I ended up staying out late. Uh, and I like, like the night before. Yeah. I was so nervous. And I get done and these two little kids, I'm, I'm taking the escalator down. They're standing at the bottom waiting and they're looking up and I'm like, Oh, Hey, what's up guys? They're like, this woman comes over and goes, um, they want to ask you for your autograph. Oh, Danny. And I was like, I started crying. I started shaking. Oh. And I, like, I looked at somebody. I go, well, you got a, well, I'm like, you have a notebook. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I ripped out paper. Danny. And I like wrote an autograph to these two kids. And that I was is like, precious. I know. I'm like, how could you not want to keep doing this? You know? Yeah. It was like, okay, you guys just helped Second City make some more money. So yeah, now, right. Here we go. And then it just continued on like that where... It was like these great experiences through that program. And I remember being on like main stage 
looking up and there's a there's a picture of Dell Close like right at the back of it right before you go on. Really? And I looked up and I'm like, oh, <laughs> the coolest moment yeah. ever. You know, like because I waited to be the last person to come out of the dressing room and oh, stuff, yeah. and I was just like all by myself. And then I sat down after our show and everybody everybody left. I was sitting in there and Jonathan Pitt walks in and he goes, "What are you thinking about? How do you, how do you feel?" I go. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Oh. And I said it and he goes, and then he goes, welcome to the rest of your life. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, man. And it was the greatest thing in the world. And that was to its 300 what people. What a sweet thing for yeah. him to say it too. It was. It was beautiful. And it was just like, that was to a sold out main stage audience for our level E yeah. class. Yeah. yeah. It was just and like. chasing the dream the rest of the way. Yeah. And it was just like, and then, and then I was confused I was like, all of a sudden, somebody handed me Truth and Comedy. I mean, yeah. li- literally, because I'm like, where do I go from here? And they were started like, reading Boop. this book. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is really That's cool. Classic. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll try this place out. And um, so I started. I think, I think. Well, I did. What I did is I did. Um, I did an advanced improv workshop with Billy Bungaroth. Uh-huh. And that was an amazing experience. Uh-huh. He taught me so much. Yeah. Like, he's like, I remember struggling so much in that, like, what being like... What team was he on? He wasn't... A, he directed main stage. That's like, what... He's, I he's was part like, of J.C. Brooks in the Uptown Sound. Oh, he's a cool. Guitarist. I don't know yeah. if I ever realized that. Yeah. I knew I had heard his name before, and it's because of the directing stuff. Yeah. He used to direct, uh, I think... He was on the ships for a while, mm-hmm. and maybe, like, Red Co or Blue Co or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that at all. But, yeah, um... South Side of Heaven. Uh, Did he direct that? Yeah, that was his direct terror debut, I think. That's the That was the first review I ever saw, because that was the one really? that was playing when I moved to Chicago. It had to have been his. I, I think you're right. Yeah, it was. That was the one, because right. it was like this cutting edge, very it was pretty, brand new. It was considered pretty different. Yeah, yeah. and that, that was his. A little it? more like weird than the main stage had ever yeah, been. That yeah, that was Billy's, and that still is, you know, like talking with Paul and stuff. Still is like renowned in that building for cool. being really cutting edge, which is cool. awesome. Cool, that's great. Yeah, so I mean, I think man, Tim Robertson. From the moment I saw him in that show, I was just like, he was one of the first people in Chicago that I was just like, that guy yeah. is going to be famous. Like yeah. I was just like, the, everything that guy does is hilarious. He was the first, the first person, the first performer to ever talk to me after a show. Really? At yeah. <sighs> Man, that's yeah. so great. We were standing on the on the uh, ramp, and I was just standing there because I was, I did everything by myself uh-huh. until I started getting. I did too. You know, when I like, was new in the community. yeah, and it yeah. was just like I, I was would standing also there, just go to so many shows by myself. Yeah, I was standing there after this Cook County. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, God, I just can't They're wait, so can't wait to have a team like that. Yeah, you know? I'm like, this this is my dream. And he comes up, he's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, Oh, great show, man. We started talking. I'm like, Tell me about yourself. He started telling me a story about Detroit and everything yeah. and being here. And I told him, you know, I'm like, I'm brand new here. He's like, I'm recently, you know, I'm very new here too. Because I, I think that was, you know, he when he first. not been here very yeah, long at that Detroit. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't think so. And uh, we had this great conversation. He's like, well, you know, good luck and, you know, oh, that's going to be great. Of course. You know, and it was just like, what a more inviting thing. Now he is where he is. And, of you know, course. it's just like, it's such a wonderful He's thing. a writer for SNL for yeah. those who wouldn't oh, yeah. be familiar. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it just, he was, he was a cast member for a year. They pulled him off. Of, yeah. Uh, put they, back they took him off camera, put him behind the scene. He's Where, so like, funny. And man. Bill Hader said he's the funniest guy at, at SNL. Really? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me 
that yeah. you said that at all because Tim Robinson to me is like yeah. he's still one of the funniest people I've seen perform in Chicago. Oh yeah, Hands he and down. Susan Messing were like two of my very early like improv crushes, yeah. I guess if you want. So when I got to see, right before Tim got SNL, I got to see him do Messing with a Friend. Oh, dope! And it was one of the best. It was one of my favorite shows I've seen in Chicago. Like it was just so, so good, so balls to the wall, but in this like very contained way, not in a just like 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 jack off like whatever whatever. Which it could have been, and it still would have been fucking hilarious. But both of them were just like on. On and just like forcing each other to like you yeah. know play at their level, fuck man. There Those was this scene moments. where, fuck Susan came in. I think the initiation. He was like at a desk, and Susan came in and was like, "Hey, you want to go to uh, um, thank God it's Fridays after work tonight?" <laughs> like that's literally what she said. And like, of course, audience died. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I think I could probably do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just go to." Thank God it's Fridays, you know? Yeah. And uh, so they, like, they did a little bit of that, and then they just, like, cut to the restaurant, and uh, and um, Susan, oh, oh, she said something about how, like, yeah, I've heard you can, I've heard you can always, like, dupe them into giving you free apps, and he was like, yeah, 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 I have, like, yeah. I'm pretty sneaky, and um, so they get there, and she's like, do it, do it, yeah. like, how do you... Like, do your... And so he went through this whole, like, this whole complicated, um, like, complex thing where he, like, he was wearing a fake arm and he was using his real arm to reach into his pants and pull out pubes and put them in his food. Oh, no. So, and so that he could be, so that he could tell the waiter, like, there's pubes in my food. <laughs> and, and, like, and so Susan just kept, like pimping him into like doing weird shit yeah and vice versa like he was totally like pushing her to do crazy shit too so he like i will never forget the like such specific physicality that he had of like one of his arms being fake and he like reaching into his and like doing this whole thing and i think she was hopping up and playing the waiter too god it was just like a master class i loved it so much and um I got to meet him after that because yeah. I was like standing at the bar and Tyler Wolforms, the yeah. he used to be the manager, managing director at Annoyance. He knew I was a, a I really liked Tim. And he's like, hey, have you guys ever met? And I was like, no, hi, um, Mary Beth. I think you're so funny. Like I didn't play yeah. it cool at all. I mean, I I did a little. It's not yeah. like I was super weird about it, but I was just like, man, I thought you're so funny for so long, like. It was so cool to get to see this, and he he was you know super gracious, yeah. and that was about it. But at the same time, it was it was cool, yeah. nice to be able to have that experience. And I think that that's what it is. And I think what's funny is that we do build people up to a point where like we almost intimidate ourselves. And yeah, it's like, they don't think that way. Yeah, and it's just like they just want to be. They want to talk. They want to be yes. part of your life. Yeah, you I know? mean, case in point, like I was pretty nervous to ask Susan to do the podcast. Yeah. Like, 20 some episodes ago and she couldn't have been more just like of course I'll do it yeah you know of course like and I I went to her house she welcomed me into her house and was just like yeah like what the fuck do you want to talk about like sit down set up like this will be great you know know. she was so gracious she was I mean I'm glad that we're talking about Susan because that'll was she like important very important yeah did you have her level two I did like most people do 
And uh, this is one of the more this is the most emotional story I've ever that I've encountered being in in Chicago. Really? Yeah, and it, it has everything to do with what this community is. And it's like where you were in your little um, timeline with the community. Yeah, it very <laughs> much so. So um, it was funny. It was our last class for in, level uh, two. Level two, and she goes through and she talks about she indiv- she says something about each individual person. You get mm-hmm. up on stage and you sit there and. She brings me up, and I'm, like, sitting there, and she starts crying. Really? And I start crying. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Danny. And she's talking about this, and she's saying all these things, and I'm like, I can't do this, Susan. And she's like, you know, we had this beautiful emotional moment in front of everybody. Danny. And she goes, now go do a scene. What? And then she's like, but I want you to just do a scene where you're completely, everything is brand new to you. And I go, I can't do a scene right now, Susan. She's like, I don't care, just do it. So I just like stood on stage and just looked around and didn't say much of anything because I couldn't talk. Like I was so emotional. What was she saying about you? I don't, I I mean, it was long ago. Yeah, it was, it was just about who I am as a person. And I don't, I don't need to, you know, say that. I asked you. I know, but it's just, you know, like who I am, what. I'm giving you permission to say nice things about yourself. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Um, It was just, it was one of those moments where it was like. I don't remember it in like every word, uh-huh. so it's very hard. I don't want to like bring it out of context. Paraphrase. Yeah, sure, sure. it would have been too much. And like, it was it was and emotional. You're being humble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not very often. Ah. <laughs> My ego is beautiful. Danny. Um, but there are certain things that I, I will be humble so about. Um, I got a huge ego. I don't care. You do. Um, but uh, it's part of it's how part of you land. like operate, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much so. Um, I don't hide it, and uh, but it comes from a, na- a very beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so we're in this class, and I'm like emotionally distraught. I and I have to tell everybody, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm not going to be able to go on with my classes anymore. And it was like, I'm sorry, but I got I'm stepping down, and I'm not going to be able to go through this course. Because of money. Because of money, and I walked outside and I was crying because it was just really emotional. Everything was really high, and I think it was Josh Toops or somebody uh, comes down and gets me from outside the, the front of the building, and he goes, "Come upstairs and see what's going on." <laughs> I walk upstairs, and every single person in that class was lined up in front of. Bill Arnett's office, I think it was Bill Arnett at the time, with a credit card or money and paying my tuition. So I wouldn't have to stop going. And then Jill Olson made them give me an internship. <laughs> so I would never have to stop my studying at, oh, in Chicago. Danny. So this continued. You know what's funny is um, I told you I was at that rehearsal earlier today. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Somehow the um, your uh, our playground show that we did on Thursday came up. The fact yeah. that it was like uh, your last show, Squall, um, came up, and I think Sarah brought either Sarah or Brian Duff brought yeah, it up. Yeah, he, he Sarah he Shockey, up, Brian Duff, uh, past guests yeah, on the MBS. They're great. Uh, both really wonderful people. One of them told that story about Are you serious? yeah. Oh my god! About how they're like, yeah, I remember. At the end of uh, level, or I think 
I think they said at the end of level one, but yeah, at the end of level two, going into level three, everyone from our class just went into the office and was just like, we're paying, we're paying for Danny. And like, just pulled, they said that like, they just pulled a bunch of money and like, you know, held your spot. Yeah. And I was just like, Jesus, man. I think one of them was just like, how could you not, I mean, from those moments in your life. Not want to give back everything that you but have. That's as so human telling being. about your personality. But it's not me. It has nothing to do with me. Of course, it, it does. It has everything Danny. to do with everybody else. I mean, that is a factor. Yes, like the uh, Sarah and Brian and all those people that you're coming w- up with are wonderful people, and there's so many wonderful people yeah. in this community. But not everyone would have that support behind them. Wow. You get um, you you um you get what you give, man. I say that a lot. <laughs> you beget the type of people that your personality uh, yeah. attracts. Well, I believe in that. You know, you put out in the universe what you want, and it's just that is that story is de- what defines you know the, the experience in the community, and it's just like. And you got placed on a team at the end of those classes, right? Yeah, I got placed on an experimental team. It wasn't a they real They literally Herald told team. you that? Yeah, it wasn't a Herald. Well, it, it wasn't. Weird. So they made two Herald teams, and then they made our team. Really? Yeah, Mike Enriquez. Mike Enriquez did it. It was Aww. his last team ever. So he retired from coaching Revolver, and then he's like, I want to do an experimental team without any of the commission involved or anything like that. Cool. And uh, it was very cool. I wish they would do more stuff like that now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> why why uh, not? Like that, Instead uh, of forcing people into trying to do the Herald if they can't. <laughs> I'm leaving. Is, I should just go Danny off the is cringing. <laughs> Danny is tightening every muscle in his body right now to not be uh, mad that that's not oh, I more just, yeah. prevalent. Mm. Yeah, I am. I mean, it's something that we were talking about right when you got here, really. Yeah, pretty much. Of, like, instead of trying to pigeonhole people, why don't we just encourage them to... Which I think, though, if I may, um, is kind of what the non, like, quote-unquote, institutions of Mm -hmm. comedy have kind of become. Yeah. Is that, like, I think that the smaller venues that aren't as, uh, you know trying to worry about maintaining their business, yeah. which is understandable. Well, yeah, you have to have... I call it... That's the capitalistic artist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the, the hardest the part The smaller places can afford to kind of... But it's funny because, like, you and I both know that the if those places were still... Were encouraging people to have a more individual voice, it would probably still be successful for them. It would be more successful. Yeah. yeah but their like, but their business plan lends itself yeah. to needing the, needing there to be structure. And I get that from a corporate standpoint and I and I just I, what what struggles in my mind and I guess we can we'll go on this for a little bit, is just like the fact that it what it does to the development of a performer. Mm-hmm. And that's just hard for me. Because mm-hmm. it's just like Going through the class, I mean, one time after a show, uh, Craig came up to me and he goes... A 5B show or a I Herald show? I think it was one of our the Moon shows. Okay. And he was like... Did you do Herald's? Yeah, we did the Herald. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I stumbled through it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. imagine you trying to do something oh, that just formulate. Too, oh, it's like, ah. We, <laughs> Your brain a, is uh, not. I go, oh, this is the slot. I want to do this and, you know, let's do it. Because it's just like, there's so much holding back and like just so much like, like mapping and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I'm just like, no, like, let's just play raw. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love the raw nature of scenes. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes if you just pl- plow through these scenes... You'll find the theme is in laced in every single thing you're doing. Yeah. No matter what, even if it doesn't have this weird world context that like mm-hmm. like pays itself off at the end mm-hmm. with like the finalization of a scene. Or I think something. that's absolutely the ideal version of a herald. You it know is. what I mean? It's not like you know, game slot three yeah. scenes. Game slot three scenes is like is the point. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's like ideally you're using that to get yeah. to the place that you're talking about. Exactly. But when you're so if you're new, yeah. and or at least relatively new, young and focusing so much on trying to hit that, it, like you said, it just like subtracts so much from yeah. the the like genuine or impulsive nature. It does. And I think that like as a performer and especially in the, in what improv is, it's improv, Mm -hmm. you know, it's supposed to be built on that. Like that. Oh, I've got an idea. Yeah. Oh my God, let's play with this. Yeah. You know, and that's like the essence of it all. It's Mm -hmm. like, let's just play with this Mm -hmm. and go from there Mm -hmm. and, you know, and whatever. And it was just like one time he, he came up to me and he's like, I don't know if you're doing it right and we're all doing it wrong or what it is, but you're doing something. And I was just like, that's what he said. Yeah. Wow. And I was Interesting. like, I was like, okay. I kind of walked away and I was like, I don't really know. He said, I don't know if you're doing it right and we're doing it wrong, but or you're vice versa or vice or versa, like, yeah, but basically. you're definitely doing something. Yeah. That's so interesting. It was very what interesting. interesting note. Yeah. And I was like, all right, man. <laughs> and to get it as like a young performer young. from one of the like, most like, uh, you know, reviews people. He was a huge mentor of mine. Yeah. That's like cool. I spent like two years with him as a, as an instructor and as a coach. I would do two classes a week, every week with him. Wow. For about a year or more. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he was a big, he's a, I think he's a great teacher. I think he's a, I think he is too. I think he, I mean, he really, he pushed me so hard. He's yeah. He pushed me that really hard. And that was do. great. Like, yeah. And coming from football and like, like <laughs> sports and stuff, uh-huh. I need that. You yeah. know, like I need to be somebody kind of smashed, holding the iron against you. Yeah, and like Mike Enriquez did that really well too. You know, he like he's very like if, if there's one person that you need to learn the Herald from, it's Mike Enriquez. You know what I mean? Because he's like he was the textbook. Like this is how this thing is done. Mm-hmm. And like I was like he had the Tasmanian Devil in his grips, oh. and we're like just sitting there like together. <laughs> And I love that man so, so much. You are the Tasmanian devil of yeah. improv. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I'll but the that. Tasmanian devil was my favorite Looney Tune growing yeah. up. Because he's exciting. Because <laughs> he's exciting. Um, no, but like the two of us, I, I loved him so much because he believed in me. And he's like, he he's like, I'm creating this new team. It has nothing to do with the Herald Commission. I don't want to have them involved in it at all. That's great that they gave him that. Yeah, and they like they gave it. He gave it, and that's right when he was starting to get and sick. He gave you guys that opportunity. Yeah, and I didn't. We didn't know he was getting sick or anything. And he's like, uh, we're doing this whole thing, and um, he couldn't. The, the team had like a hundred years of experience, and then like <laughs> us, you know, like Emily Walker, Sarah Shockey, Toops. 
you know, like all of us are, are on the team in like Brandon Ogden, or that's how you say it, Ogborn, <laughs> Ogborn, Ogden. <laughs> Brandon, you know, from Tomcat. Brandon. Brandon. Uh, that's why he did it. Yeah. So, but, yeah. and it's just like, in the countless other people that are on it, you know, and we're all there and we're just like, what is going on? You know, Greg Ott was on the team too for a little bit and like, um, who else? I mean, there was just a handful. Was of like, just Joe Feldman? Joe Feldman was on the team. Um, Joe Feldman, Dana Cristioli, Tim Wedham, Arnie Netcamp. Um, just like Chris Rathjen, Chris oh, Rathjen. He's great. Um, I mean, just like these amazing players. And now you look at like the community. Yeah. You know, all, those people are like spread out across. Spread out yeah, and yeah. Like huge. Emily's on main stage. Yeah. Second review. Home, you know, like. Joe's doing a tour code. Yeah. Sarah is, you know, writing so stuff. much. Um, all those people are still successful in their own ways. So amazing. It is just unbelievable. Yeah. And it's like, we were all like, here's this thing. Let's see what happens. And it did what it did. And, you know, after that, I, I wasn't asked back, you know, and I was like, <laughs> okay. Was that the only thing that you're performing with at the time? Um, I th- no, I was in Electric Lunchbox at the time. Oh, that was my which first was independent, improv. right? Yeah, that was my first improv team ever. Which is also a great group of. I know. Was it all guys? It was all guys, and I think almost every single one of them, except for one or two, is still in the community still grinding, and baby. like still doing really good stuff. You know, like um, so it just it it just goes to show you, you know, like I was surrounded by all these extraordinary. T- I, like, you surround yourself with the level that you expect to be at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you don't want to be at that level, you'll, you can go find a group, you know, groups of people. They're, they're behind the store, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, having, just drinking stuff. Or doing, <laughs> <something>. <laughs> I was listening to this great, um, uh, Pete Holmes's podcast who also, um, came out of Chicago, went through glasses at IO, was on a playground team, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, he was talking to, or he was interviewing Pat Oswalt recently. And one of the things one of them said was that like if you're the funniest person in your group of friends you'll never grow you'll never be yeah like it's so like you may feel like hot shit just because you're like the funniest and the most talented i never but unless you're surrounding yourself with other people who are like funny and talented you'll never like learn or grow or anything and i was like yeah that's really true like you really so hearing you say like you you know the people that you surround yourself with are really everything. Yeah. It's very telling. It is. It's it's the truth. So you kept doing electric lunchbox. We did that for a, yeah a few years. And that was that was such a great experience. I mean, those where did you guys play mostly? We did runs at Studio B a lot. I mean, we played on every single stage. At second, we played Second City. We did the Annoyance. We did I O. You know, we um, we did. That was around. probably getting closer to the time when there were more. Like independent stages popping up and more that's opportunities studio, and stuff. That's when Studio B became big. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which is just a rental space. Which is just a rental space. Yeah. So we rented that out and we would we would bring it for like almost eight weeks. We had run there and we'd do runs there quite often. But uh, we would get you know fifty to sixty people that's great. every every show that's and awesome. you know it was great and. Would you we, book your own openers and stuff? Yeah, we do all that. Um, I had no part in this. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah. So it was just that was. How'd a, you meet those guys? 
Tommy Beardmore pretty much, you know, set it up. Did you go through classes with him? No. Mm-mm. You just met him? Yeah, I just met him. I think while you're on well, the Charles Rasmussen was part of it, and he had mentioned me. I think to Tommy, and then Tommy had reached out to me, and you know, and then it went from there. Cool. Yeah, it was really. cool. Isn't it funny how so many things happen like that? Yeah. It's like you know someone who knows someone, or you got one opportunity and it led to this, yeah. or because I how mean, the whole that's how life is. Ask me all the time because I think it's a little more like enigmatic. And less structured than, say, IO and Second City. People ask me all the time how I got involved at Annoyance. And I'm just like, well, I was taking classes. Yeah. Became an intern. Did a bunch of tech. Yeah. While I was doing that, got asked to understudy. You know, did well enough that they wanted to keep having me around. (laughs) Then that's just the way it is. Just like, got asked to be an assistant director on a show. You know, then I got asked to act in a show. Then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, and that's just the nature of it. And it was just like, and that's like, even like with, with like acting and stuff. Like I had auditioned so many, for so much stuff at Second City. And like Mary Scruggs, who was another one of my like mentors. Uh she, She looked at me and she goes... God, you're just so funny. I needed, I had to cast you because I couldn't stop turning you down. Aww. And I was just like, oh my God. And she goes, do you have any acting like classes? Experience. And I go, absolutely not. She goes, all right, do you know how to read a script? And I go, absolutely not. She goes, do you know how to memorize one? I go, no. She goes, all right, meet me here. We're going to, we're going to read What did she script. cast you? It's called Don't Drop the Hope. It was Don't a show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. So I was like, what? I got. So we're like sitting there and she like... Was it just like a... It was like a... I think it was a level six show. A writing six? Yeah. Gotcha. And she like... She read... She taught me how to read a script. And like sat there for a couple hours and like beat it out with me and like figured out how to like... To to find the acting and the emotion and where to go and everything. And I was just like, this is amazing. That's incredible. And she was always one of my biggest, you know, cheerleaders and going through stuff. I've heard such amazing things about her. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. I got to, I got to do a show with her. Uh, best of the times of the dramatist. And I remember when you did that. Yeah. yeah. And I, she played my mom, who she actually looks like. And really? Yeah, it's very weird. And then I Yeah, because that was in the last few years. That was like four years ago. Oh, okay. Four years? Five years? Have you done best of the tens again? I do. I used to do it every year. Okay, okay, Until okay. this last year. I, I gotcha. didn't do it. Um, but I got to make her laugh. I broke her hard on stage. That's she awesome. She was just so pissed. <laughs> she was like so mad. She came like, I broke. No. That's How did you do so that? And it was funny. like the greatest thing. And, you know, then she, you know, obviously passed away. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. So there's just like a lot of stuff. I mean, I've done every single thing that I that can That you think feel like of. you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, I mean, there's still a ton of stuff to do. So, yeah, of course. So, like, what, so you were on Electric Lunchbox for a while. Did, you yeah. didn't take any other classes anywhere else, did you? Did you do the conservatory? I do the conservatory. Okay. Yeah. Around um, that time? Around after you finished at I.O.? Or? Um, I quit. Yeah, I did the conservatory, and then I dropped out of the conservatory. Really? Yeah. Cause the I, conservatory is um, the, like, sketch program at Second City. Yeah. And then I, like... Because I didn't, I didn't like the way it was going creatively with me. Because uh-huh. I was still going through I.O. at the same time. Oh. And I'm like, I have to finish this. I were you finish paying one. for a conservatory? Yeah. And wow. Like, that's another... Like, people were, like, helping me again. You know, like, Steve Leichman, he worked for Second City. And he had, like, his classes comped because he was, like... He was a worker, so he worked it off, basically. He, like, went up to the office and he asked if he could 
transfer his stuff into my name so that I could continue on and like go forward. And they wouldn't let him, but I mean, they, they were very like, they were awesome to me. Like they gave me an amazing payment plan that I don't know. I don't think they would ever let exist again. What levels did you go through? Uh, what I, level did you go through? Oh, I completed the whole thing. Oh, you did. You, oh, yeah. But yeah. you just stopped for a while. I stopped for a while because I was going Picked through both up. at a time and like. Which is I. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would ever recommend someone do that. I don't either because I want you have I feel to like have you your own have experience. To, like, chew your food. Yeah, because if you're doing like they're totally they're the same like they they're not the same principle. Yeah. But they're the same. They kind of are in there. Yeah. Like, but like, it's like you're learning one way here. You're learning another thing here, uh-huh. and it's just like. Just learn them on their own. Let yeah. them be what they are to each other. Yeah, I oh. think so too. Yeah, I still haven't done the conservatory. I don't know if I ever will. I mean, you're you're doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danny. So I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. So in some ways, I feel like it, I'd benefit a lot from it just because I've never like taken writing classes yeah. or any like a lot of it's just been experience. Then do it. Then um, go out there and do it. I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty poor. Yeah, myself, I know. So I don't want to pay what, like four hundred dollars a level or something like that. Three seventy five or four hundred. Um. Yeah. So you finished that up? Did Did you ever work for Second City? I never like officially worked for him. No. Yeah. But I did a bunch of shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Writing six shows and writing six the the dramatist Skybox stuff. Shows. Yeah, Skybox shows the. Stuff with the dramatists and Second City. Oh, cool. Yeah, because they Second City produced that. The best of the yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and that was a lot of fun, and you know that kind of stuff. But yeah. Um. So. And then where does Squall fall into that? <laughs> Squall falls into the category of I wasn't sure if I was ever going to want to perform with another organized team or not. I feel like. You telling me that like yeah. really early on in you being on Squall? Yeah, like because you had already been here for four years, four and a half. Probably, yeah. And at I least, have, and I have like I you'd been on the moon and off of the moon. <laughs> yeah, been in the moon the and team, back. Yeah, the, 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 and, like, the moon and back. <laughs> oh boy, um, this guy. So like, yeah, I had done all that, and then I had started. uh Kind of got like that was where like my you and Tisha were doing a lot. Tisha right? and I were performing, yeah, quite a bit. That's probably one of your main. Because I remember when you first got on Squall, you were just like, "Man, it's been so long since I've done any improv that wasn't just two person." Yeah, I did a lot of two person. Like that was like my like for a while, and still is. You know, I love doing two person. It's a very different beast. Yeah, it's like for me, my like the way I play, I think. It's it's very much uh, lends itself. Yeah, to lends itself. It. To oh, it for very sure, much. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think um, I've been performing with Tisher quite a bit, and that was a great little like just happenstance, you mm-hmm. know, like that happened. How did that? Happen? Well, Groupon. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and like, yeah, a lot of stuff happened because of Groupon, like playing with like. Yeah. So when, um, what. You had, like, a couple of weird jobs before you started working at Groupon, yeah. didn't you? You oh, worked yeah. at, like... I worked at the Hershey Hershey store. Chocolate. I was a fellow bucket boy. Served Justin Bieber a hot fudge sundae. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, Second on the Oprah mentioned. On the Oprah show. Really? Yeah. yeah. On the Oprah show? Yeah, I had to take it out to the limo- limousine. Yeah, it was really funny. That what, So he was the guest? He was... He They had this thing where... 
these two girls won, or three girls won a day with Bieber. Oh, yeah. so going to the Hershey chocolate store was part of yeah, that. Yeah, part of gotcha. the Oprah experience. How so, silly. Yeah, so you see me like, welcome to Hershey's. That is hilarious. Yeah. And then I like go, which one is he? Because I didn't know who he was. <laughs> you didn't know who Justin Bieber <laughs> I was? I didn't know. I mean, this was probably like, what, it was three, when you, Yeah, it was when you were starting out. Three years ago. It was weird. So yeah, I worked for there. I worked for Nicole's Divine Crackers, which is now where IO is. <laughs> no. Oh, you, I think you did tell me yeah. that. It used to be an old, old cracker, cracker factory. factory. Yeah. <laughs> now Unreal. it's all gutted out. Oh, yeah. What a full circle thing that is. I know. Did you freak out? That has I to be did. like the like taking pictures of all the places you've lived kind yeah. of revelation. Oh, of just it was. being like Oh my god. Yeah, but unfortunately that was one of the worst experiences I've ever went through. That cracker place? <laughs> yeah. So that was like when that that's happened, so I was like, funny. Oh, it's too bad it's in that place. That's so funny. A, that not, juju. Very much so. Um, um But uh not I'm not saying IO was, I'm saying no, no, cracker no, no, company. No, 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 yeah. Um but yeah, that was crazy. Um I was unemployed for a really long time. Um, you know, living off of like hundred and seventy dollars every two weeks or something for unemployment yeah which is crazy that was wild that was like right when i signed my where were you living i was living with the the two greatest guys in the world jack and rick man (laughs) they uh they put up with me big time uh i had no food i had no money uh, they would help me out. They were complete strangers. They didn't know me from anything. Found on Craigslist or something? No. Well, they Jack had known me from bar, Barleycorn, but he was a bartender and I was a bouncer. Oh. And he had heard that I was looking for a place to live. And then I got fired the day that we, <laughs> the day that we signed the lease. And I was like, oh my god, Danny from Joe Barleycorn. Bar- John Barleycorn. So I had no money. And like, and then, you know, my dad would help out, send me some money. My mom would try. You know, if she could, she'd send me money or groceries. And then Jack and Rick really, like, stepped up and they're like, are you going to be able to pay? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, all right. You know, and they would, I would just go in and sneak some of their cheese sometimes and, like, <laughs> sneak little pieces of their meat and everything. Right. And, like, I ate a lot of ramen and a lot of uh, oatmeal. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have $1 a day that I would eat um, one of the dollar menu uh, double burgers. burgers. Yeah. And then... Um, I eat a lot of Hershey's candy once I got oh that job. Oh my god! Because so I still unhealthy. like. I know it was just like this horror. It was like this crazy. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like every single thing that you might consider a struggle was so rewarding because <laughs> the payoff at the end of it was the greatest thing in the world. You know, no matter how hard you ever thought it was, if you believe in the outcome that you're looking for, you will get it if you continue to actively pursue it. You can't just want it and expect yeah. it to happen. Sure. Which is a lot of like that whole manifest destiny is like people are like, oh, yeah, if you just want anything, you're just going to get it. No. It's like, yeah, you can. You put it out in the universe. There's a lot of other like yeah. footnotes that you're not yeah. including. Yeah. There's like, there's a ton of stuff. Like, you know, if you say you want something out of your life and you put yourself in a, a yes position to go and accomplish it, mm-hmm. you will get it no matter what in some facet. Mm-hmm. You will be presented with that outcome some way or another. Mm-hmm. And that's... And I can speak to the truth of that because mm-hmm. it's happened to me every single time I said I wanted something because hmm. it's just like, you know, it's, it, it always, it'll work out if you put your, your feet forward in the right direction to make it work out and you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're forcing yeah, something, that's really important, man, yeah. but I was going to, I was going to have to like be like, yeah, but Danny, you're yeah. not like everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. But that's, I think that saying that kind of saying that makes it more. Uh, makes it yeah like 
I agree with that. Of like, if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're putting the right effort into and the it. energy and everything else, and it's just because I think you get yeah, it's it's wild. Um. So what have I guess? Um. So we need to wrap this up soon, unfortunately. Oh really? Yeah. Um. So I kind of would love for you to. I want to kind of. I know you like we're already hating it when I brought it up the first time, but I'd love for you to kind of talk, speak to like what led you to wanting to move to New York. Yeah. Oh, it's always been something that was- and because I feel like the last couple of years of your yeah. experience in Chicago have probably been very different from, you know, the first couple. Yeah. Like, I guess I would love for you to just speak to like what the community has been like as a, as like fully a member of it you know like being an actual like yeah member of it yeah does that make sense yeah, as opposed to kind of originally yeah of course you were like already a member of the community but you were more of a more of a student more of an yeah. observer now you're like an active performer member like everybody you know, everybody knows Danny Grote. <laughs> I remember the first time I met you. I'll say this, and you can kind of, like, ruminate a little if you okay. want um, while I'm talking. Um, I remember um, when we got placed on Squall, uh, I it was the first time I had, I had never seen a show at the playground. Oh, really? I had um, no concept of, like, what I was getting myself, excuse me, into. I remember someone... Uh, G chatted me, um, that I knew from the annoyance and was just like, Hey, you signed up for the playground auditions? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I had no idea they were going on. Yeah. That happened to me too. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, they're today at noon. And I was like, all right. And I was still, I was working at this like dumb desk job. And so I just like went on the website and like signed up for the audition. I think at the time I was finishing up classes at annoyance mm-hmm. and, uh, with no expectation at all, just like had a great time during the audition, saw some amazing people, a few of whom I knew, I knew Becca, Slack, and Walt Delaney before getting put on Squall. And I hadn't never met anyone else. And as soon as the team got formed and I'd be talking to people and I'd be like trying to like rattle off the names that I knew and stuff like that, people, I feel like almost every time I would talk to someone about it, they'd be like, oh, Danny Grove, (laughs) he's so great. Like, you're going to love that guy. And I remember we were at IO and we both went to see, I think it was those pilots. Do you remember that? The Mm. pilot, um, the, the football one, the, the quarterback, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And Tommy was in it. And, um, like, John Madison and Alex Trepka. And... Was it a show? Yeah. It was it was called, like, The Pilot Season. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You remember that, mm-hmm. right? I think it was that show. And I we both went. And we, like, knew who each other was, even though we hadn't met yet. And you're like, oh, you... Aren't you on... Like, you were on a playground two together, right? Yeah. And we just... And you just, like hugged me immediately (laughs) it was so sweet and i was like yeah i'm so excited and you said something um to the effect of like yeah i i love playing with strong women i'm so excited to play with you it was so sweet and from that first impression i was just like oh yeah i'm gonna like this guy (laughs) (laughs) you were just so immediate we hadn't even had our first team meeting yet we hadn't even met before you're just like 
you're this person, right? And I was like, yeah, I am. Uh-huh. You're this person, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And uh, you hugged me, and we talked for a little while, and you're so warm and <laughs> welcoming, and I immediately felt like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Well, it has been. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. Oh, my God. Squall is so amazing. <sighs> Super fun, man. Super We're at amazing. seven. Seven? We're at seven now. That's seven, uh, seven heaven. Seven. Oh, thank heaven. <laughs> seven. Seventh heaven. Seven strong. Seven. Seventh heaven. Seven up. Seven. Seven. <laughs> I can't riff on that. Seven uh, up. Seven up, duck. What's so, the cluck? Uh, yeah. What was the question? I guess I just <laughs> would love for you to reflect on what the last couple of years have been like as a like full member of this community. And watching people grow. And like you said, like you can look around and see all these people that you've come up with. Yeah. Finding these different levels and of success, mostly because a lot of them are able to kind of like dictate what they wanted. Yeah. And find their own success. It's just such a, that's a, yeah, it's a brilliant question. It's the one that <laughs> I deal with a lot. Like, cause I do a lot of envisioning and I like think of things and stuff and like, um, I, I, like, I guess, like, over the last few years, it, a lot of it has to do with my time spent with the Upstairs Gallery. Really? Yeah, and, like, I think that would be the probably the most important thing, aside from, obviously, like, playing with, like, Squall and all my friends and everything like that and everything. I've been blessed with being able to play with just about anybody that I've ever wanted to play with, mm-hmm. you know, and that's been a really huge gift. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could, I mean, that's just amazing. And a lot of that has to do with being like, I didn't know who I was as a performer and I was pretty displaced as a performer until I started playing at, uh, at upstairs gallery, you know? Really? And like, yeah, cause I didn't really understand my voice cause I was been being pulled in so many different directions as far as like, do this, don't do that. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I am me. Just let me play, you know, like. Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to have a box? I don't like boxes. Boxes suck. All I want to do is break them. You know what I mean? I want to bring, what, people, only, only people that want to be in a box is a cat. Cats love boxes. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a cat. I mean, I mean, come on. I think I said that, though, even. That, like, um, that the... That a lot of the, like, I guess if you want to call it, like, counterculture of, yeah. like, the comedy counterculture. Yeah. and that's really of, what it did for me. Is really about finding your own voice and yeah. playing in your own way and not having to be as structured. Yeah, and I think, like, the way I look at all the success and everybody that's coming up and everything, and it was a great thing that I learned. I think Beth Kligerman said it or told me or it was in a conversation or something or as Ann Lee or one of the two or as Allison Ryan. I don't know. Someone. Somebody at Second High City. up at Second yeah. City. Said to me, he said, you can never be jealous in this business. Yeah. In this community. There is no point. And they said, each performer comes up and gets picked up or does something different or does something bigger at their own rate when they're ready. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. Mm -hmm. So it might be. In two years, this person goes to main stage, or this person lands a movie, or this person books a commercial. You can't be jealous of their success because that's their success. Yeah, that's their. It's not taking. It has nothing to do with you. you. And I think a lot of time, and that was some of the greatest like advice that I was ever given or ever listened to. You know, it was just like because that can get very foggy. Yeah, and that can get very daunting because you'll see like 
all of a sudden all these people doing all these things and you're like, ah, but all you're doing is focusing out and you're not focusing in. Yeah. Right. So as soon as you focus in and you look at it and you're like, I'm so proud to be that person's friend because yeah. their success means that I'm on the right path. Yes. I, you know? Yeah. I and totally. Like, yeah. yeah. When it's, you start seeing your peers yeah. get the things they want. And it's like, that's why it's saying it's like surround yourself with the people that emulate that level of success. Yeah. Because if you, you will become, you'll, it'll rub off onto you. Uh-huh. It'll spin you in the right directions. It'll mm-hmm. put you in the right mindset and the right, you know, energy will be presented at, at the right time for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't worry about anything else mm-hmm. and, and just allow that to be who you are. And like, re- realize you are funny, you know, and be all these different things and, and realize that you are good and you're on the right direction. And, um, really just being a part of that over the, like actually like calming down and like finding an identity and being comfortable with my voice and finding success inside myself with that, realizing that taming the devil. Yeah. Taming the, <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, like I think that was a big thing was just like getting over, getting over yourself, getting over a lot of other stuff and like just saying, this is the ride you're on. Mm-hmm. It's the right ride. Cause every time you, you attempt to do something, it answers back with yes, do it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you know, that is a great sign, mm-hmm. you know, and through all of this, I've been able to, I was able to create some of the coolest relationships ever. Like I was able to do my own traveling comedy show, It's awesome, you know, I mean, and you've been able to do shows in your hometown, in my hometown and do all this other stuff, you know, podcasts, all these other things. And like, I've been able to break into doing movies mm-hmm. and like, TV and everything. And that was like the biggest thing was like, Oh my God, like there's all this, this other world, you know, and all these other things. And I'm like, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you, if you really want your life, you'll get it. And I think like being a part of this, it's been really neat to see. And you can tell when it's time to move on and when it's time to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, I've been watching uh, these pockets of newer performers come up and I'm like, there is some serious talent. Yeah. And there needs to be some people to shift in order for that to happen. Yeah. There's definitely a shift going on right now. Yeah. A turnover. There is. And it's a really... Changing of the guard. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. I think so too. I'm very excited. I am too. And and I can't wait to see what happens and where it all goes because there is so much talent that that is still here at this level. And there's also talent that's just being brought up. And what you need to really look at is what do you want to do with all of it? Yeah. Where do you want this to go? Yeah. You know? And that's each each person's journey that they have to and question they have to answer for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew going into coming down to Chicago that New York or LA were going to be the next step after mm-hmm. that. When I didn't know, I don't I don't ever put a time frame on anything. So I could have been here for another two years or another three years or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about going a lot earlier, mm-hmm. and it just wouldn't have you know it wasn't right, right. at that time. Um. So it, it just, you know, it, it got to a point where it was like, it is now time. Mm-hmm. It ha- this has to happen inside of me because it's just too forceful, Good you know, for you. and We're it's listening to it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's scary. It's uncomfortable. The, the people here are my friends. They're more than my friends. They're my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I have been blessed with the greatest human beings ever to be around. And I am not who I am without any of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not Danny Groh because I wanted to be Danny Groh. I'm Danny Groh because I was let 
like <laughs> I was let to be me. Aww. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I shut who I was off for so many years of my life. And as soon as I got here, everybody said yes to being who I am. And because of that, I've been able to grow into the man that I'm becoming. Hmm. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> I couldn't have gotten that from anywhere else. Yeah. And it is the most beautiful thing. in in, Yeah. And to not be grateful, not to show love and gratitude in almost a a weird way. I even think about in my head. I'm like, you are obsessed in, in uh, obsessed in a way of love with these people that is wild. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm like, Trump's like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's an overwhelming sense of euphoric feeling toward people mm-hmm. where it's like just this gorgeous thing when I look at somebody or I think about them and I, I do think about everybody quite a bit because everybody is so important to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, go, I really do just love that person. <laughs> I go, I, I mean, they've given me gifts, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, uh, I don't know, man. It's- so I, the last question that I usually ask and I feel like it, um, you're already kind of answering it in a lot yeah. of ways. So I want to go ahead and ask it. So you, to maybe help you like yeah, does tie, that make sense? tie a little yeah. bit of bow on it. No, it, it all makes oh, great okay. sense, yeah. but I just want to make oh, sure that sure. I like get it in here because I think it's very pertinent for what you're already talking about. Yeah. Um, so the last question that I always ask is, um, how do you feel like your love of, um, and passion for, uh, in this instance, the Chicago comedy community, um, has influenced you both, creatively and your life in general it is my life yeah that's it's it's that simple for the past six years it has been it's always been it just got the door was open (laughs) six and a half years ago that's awesome you know what i mean it's always been who i am and it was the only reason it's been unleashed is because of chicago and because of every person in this community Mm mm-hmm that is the greatest gift I've ever been given in my life is being a part of this community. Oh, hands down. My mother goes, what do you want for Christmas? I go, nothing. I have everything. <laughs> I don't ask for gifts. I don't want anything. I have it all. And that's the confidence, everything else, the ability to even dream about moving on to a bigger stage, a bigger place or whatever you might yeah, want to yeah, call it. Sure. A different, a different stage, a different, a different chapter in my journey, in my yeah. adventure Yeah, is only there because I've been given that confidence, you know, and it's like, and, and you'll have a lot of those people. I have some of my best friends already there, already there. Yeah. And that's, I mean, obviously that's extremely helpful of and course. I'll have a job going out there yeah. and everything, Yeah, yeah. which is part of the reason I, that it's being, I honestly, smooth. I can't see you having done this made this kind of decision without that like um pocket of the community already being there you know what i mean and yeah. I'm, that's not me no i understand what that's you're not me like criticizing it's me almost like you know that is like me encouraging you know what i yeah. mean because i i just feel like like you said it's so much a part of you mm-hmm. that I just can't imagine that you would have even felt like it was the right choice. Yeah, that's if, very true. If that, like, if that pocket of the community wasn't kind of already there for you to like um, be able to continue to thrive with, yeah, is, is uh, yeah. So this, that's yeah. not me being critical or anything. That's me being 
encouraging. That's well, me like backing up what you're saying. I think. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And like the main conversations that we would always have, like with the people that are already out there six months to eight months ago with when we're all like making these decisions that we right. wanted to do it. Right. Putting they, a timeline on it. Yeah. And saying like, Oh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm going to move. I just don't know when, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And then having other people going, Oh, I am too. And you're like, Oh really? Uh, oh, this is amazing. Cool. And then saying like, I remember like with Dundale and Donnelly and like, you know, like Drennan and everybody like saying, how cool is it going to be when we oh, go out east out and yeah. we take over yeah. The city. Like, you know, and I'm not saying we're taking it over, but not I'm just saying like, like, hey, fuck you guys. No, no, this is like, ours now. But like taking that yeah. cool ass pocket and then having New York go, well, yeah. what's going Chicago on? Chicago's coming deal. here. Yeah. Chicago is like, you know, and like being able to show off the greatness that this community is mm-hmm. in a different place mm-hmm. is what is the coolest thing in the world. Absolutely. To be like, here is what is going on yeah. in the Midwest. Yeah. This is awesome. Stop ignoring it. Yeah, stop <laughs> ignoring it. You know, maybe you want to have a couple of executives go live in Chicago for the yeah. next 10 years. Yeah, Jesus. You know? and, uh, or whatever it is. I mean, it's just, it's a different culture. And, you know, it's it's a very cool feeling right now for myself as a performer and where I'm where I'm at or considered to be at. I don't know how I feel about that word, but... <laughs> um, because that's weird. It's, it's, it is weird. Yeah. But I mean like... It's weird to, you know, think about stuff it is. like that and talk about it. It is. It sounds gross. But it's like you said, you know, you can't really... Until you admit those kinds of things and ask the yeah. universe and yourself for the things that you know you want. You can't get them. Yeah. And it's just like... So you're saying to yourself, you're like, okay, you're going to a new city. You're starting all over from scratch. You're doing all this stuff. And I go, but I've got all the weapons. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in freaking Commando yeah. goes yeah. into his, you know, like little stockpile and he just suits up and he gets ready. Ties you know? his fucking and then he gets, snakes. Jumps on a helicopter and flies away and goes into battle. You know, it's like that is what this, this is the greatest training center in the world. Yeah. That's what Chicago is. It's a, it trains people to be who they are mm-hmm. and it gives them that strength and that confidence and that voice to then go and attack the rest of the world, mm-hmm. you know, in, in no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if it was like to move to Idaho and <laughs> yeah. to be the spokesperson for a farm or something, right, right, it's right. still that type not, of thing. Not everyone's going to have the same yeah. destination. That person has an arsenal inside of them that nobody else has in that place, yeah. you know, and they're only that much richer and stronger because of it, you know? Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, Anything else? I, yeah, there's probably... Uh, there's, of course, there are other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could talk for things. days. I mean, it's just... Yeah. It's too hard. I mean, I legitimately, we could have this conversation until the cowards And I home. would love to. Yeah. I feel like we're almost at the two-hour mark. Would you Are you that? serious? Yeah. Let's go get a beer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Um, Danny. M. This has been as amazing as I expected it to be. I'm sorry that I took so long to ask you to do it. Oh, I'm glad you took so was, long. Yeah? Yeah. This is great. This is wonderful. You're one of my favorite people uh, to be friends with him, to perform with, and you'll be deeply missed. But I'm so excited for you, and I can't wait to um, come visit New York yeah. and see what you're doing. You can hang out. 
and hang out and have beers there and see the new annoyance and it's stuff gonna be like so that. cool and uh and for you to come back here and it just to be like a fucking homecoming i know you know i want to come not back. come back but just like visit yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that for you to come back yeah. no no i'll retire I mean, like, here yeah. it's always so fun when people like yeah. visit and it just like it feels like they can just like pick right back up. I'm sure from the other side, it's like Jesus. So much has changed. This is overwhelming. But yeah, it's like to see a familiar face that yeah. maybe someone who moved away is just always so like warm and cool and like checking in and feeling like this Chicago is like kind of the. I was talking to Joey Romaine the other day yeah. about his imminent move. Yeah, and he was being so kind to me. Um, he's the best. But I was just like. And he was just saying, you know, that he's kind of nervous about moving and stuff. And I was like, man, if you have the opportunities, you should just do it because Chicago's always going to be here. Yeah. Like, that's, it's just, yeah, things are going to change. People are going to come and go and theaters are going to change and all that. But in some way, Chicago's always going to be here. Yeah. So it's not like you couldn't go, hate it, and come back. You know I what know. I mean? Um, but anyway. There's no finale, like there's no finality no. to it. No. It's just a new. It's not a, It's an event. It's like the same. It's the same choice we all made to come here. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it really is. But to be honest with you, it's the it's a little harder really? to make a decision to leave. But you you also know if you listen to your heart and your your body, your soul, your mind, and your energy, you gotta listen to it. That's the only way you're gonna be the true version of yourself. You heard it. <laughs> Danny, I love you and I mean I that. love you too. Merry best man. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.